1: You know, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. You know, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm going to hit on the Gardner Johnson stuff here in a second. I am. I'm going to hit on the Gardner Johnson stuff. And he was obviously watching the show yesterday. And um, like like a lot of the Eagle management guys and a lot of the Eagle players do, we appreciate everybody that contributes and we thank you so much. I'm going to get to that here in a minute. But before I start, and before we start the show, by the way, too, Rick Berry, I promise, is going to join us today. I was so – hey, Tone, I was so grateful. Out of nowhere, Seth Joyner just parachutes in. He and I hadn't heard anything, and there was Seth. And I'm like, God, that's great. Thank you very much for parachuting in. So we're going to catch up with our friend Rick Berry here and get his thoughts here, man. Um, Seth's texting me right now too, by the way. Um, he, he, he saw the soundbite. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's on Twitter. I got, I got to send, send this to Seth. Okay. Let me, let me do this. By the way, great job tone and RIT folks. Very good stuff. A lot of sensitive folks out there. A lot of sensitive folks. All right. Before I get going into the Gardner Johnson stuff. So the NFL owners in Phoenix told the players that they could wear the number zero. Now, help me out on this. 32 of the richest men on the planet walked into a meeting and thought it was a good idea that number changes and numbers like that is a good deal. When lifetime benefits, healthcare, helping players after they leave the game was never tabled. Guaranteed contracts are taboo, but number changes. Who in their right mind You know what? This shows you how dumb at times professional athletes are. Because if you're a person out there that gets up off his ass every day and goes to work, and if you think a number change where you're allowed to wear this particular number is a thing, you're stupid. It's the stupidest crumb you could throw at anybody. Man, when... Hey, I get it now. Would some of you folks out there go like this, professional athletes are dumbasses. That's the prime example of it. Chasing numbers? You've got to be kidding me. Why wouldn't someone in that meeting room go, hey, we got to start taking care of these players once they leave the sport here and give them lifetime health care, improve their benefits, improve their pensions, do more? They never have conversations about that shit? CTE or guaranteed contracts, but to have conversations on number changes. Man, we're the dumbest people on the planet. We are so stupid. You know, when Seth was killing D. Smith yesterday, and he's rightfully so, I believe now, get this, total collusion on Lamar Jackson. He's a victim. You got guys in a room in Phoenix talking about Guys who could wear the number zero. But you also have guys going, we can't let Lamar Jackson have a guaranteed contract. That's collusion. That's collusion at the highest standard, man. And he's a victim. He's a victim. They're using him to tell Jalen Hurts, don't you ever come to Howie Roseman or Jeffrey Lurie demanding full contract guarantees. Don't you ever do that. We'll shut your ass down the same way we're shutting that kid in Baltimore down. Dude, NFL is undefeated. They're the heavyweight champion of the world and kicking the shit out of their employees. Guys can't even survive. I, You know, there's a guy, there's a friend of mine by the name of Joe DeLamalore who played with OJ and them guys in the electric company. And his wife has got it work because... They don't have proper benefits. And get this, this guy owns a gold jacket. He owns a gold jacket. He can't pay for his own health care. But you're talking to me about fucking numbers. Preposterous, idiotic, and so weak and lame. When is somebody going to stand up? When are these quarterbacks going to stand up for the rest of the league and demand benefits? Dude, guaranteed contracts and benefits. That's where it has to start the conversation. Shit, there's still owners out there like Jerry Jones who doesn't think that CTE is, is a result from playing long periods of time in the NFL or playing football for a long period of time. You got guys like that are still denying it. Shit, man. Paul Tagle—we just got put into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He used to have a hairdresser, honest to God, that used to be in charge... CTE and brain trauma guy was a hairdresser. I'm not kidding. Once again, man, they're in the owners meetings in Phoenix talking about nothing except colluding against Lamar Jackson. They're never going to do that again. Never going to do that again. That's right, man. We brought it up earlier in the program yesterday. Okay. Okay. Hey, absolutely. Let me tell you what's going to happen. The only time that this is going to change is when a player dies on the field. When a player is killed on the field, we almost had it last year. When a player dies on the field, that shit will change. Imagine that. You don't hope it, but when that happens, I think the game changes. And the NFL knows it's coming. That's why they have defenseless. They don't want to see... Their biggest fear is a player being killed on the field. So what do they do? They throw you a number change. What a bunch of shit that is, man. Dude, the league hates their players. They pay them because they got them. But at the end of the day, man, it's chicken feed to the grand scheme of things. Number changes. An owner actually walked into the room and said, hey, let's give these guys numbers. It's not like you wear number zero. <laughs> I was like, man, who cares? That's a nothing burger. That's a nothing burger, dude. A player, hey, a player has to be killed on the field for the owners to give players proper benefits. Isn't that sad? Hey, look, man, these guys make millions and millions of dollars. I get it. You put yourself in harm's way. I get that, too. I don't regret anything. But, dude, if you put your life and limb on the line for something, shouldn't you be compensated fairly? That's not fairly. Man, number changes. Okay. I think some of you are probably going to be shocked on how I'm going to address the Gardner-Johnson tweet and the conversation with Seth and what we had yesterday, okay? I think you're probably going to be shocked. And I want to, I want to read it, and I want to give it verbatim. Because, by the way, you know, Tony and I were just talking. I really didn't think the soundbite was all that nutty, okay? I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was out of hand. I thought it was, you know that there are, there are a few guys, and it's being reported that a few guys think that, you know, potentially that Gardner Johnson could have been a cancer in the Eagle locker room. Now, does that come from the Eagles? Maybe. Soften the blow of losing the player? Maybe. But here's Gardner Johnson responding on the sound clip that we have at Jacob that we did yesterday afternoon with Seth Joyner. My character was never... A problem in Philly. Came to work every day, played my ass off for that city. Now I'm a cancer, LOL. Because I wouldn't talk to media in the locker room or give them the BS story to write. Let's talk facts. Had a problem with the way the Eagle media covered them. I buy it. Think it's true. But I'll also say this. CJ, bro, you signed a contract. You're in Detroit. You're on a good football team. Shut up. Okay? You could defend yourself. It's all good. I get it. And by the way, I'm a victim of this too. Do you know how many times Joe Kraus calls me and says something to me about a stupid market manager that fired me years ago and I'm still punching down? It's a weakness in men, no matter who you are. Why? It's true. Why? A.J. Brown, I was just talking to Tone. He's on a podcast still barking about Tennessee and how that whole thing unfolded. Dude, move on. I And listen, listen to me talking. Listen to me talking. I have a hard time moving on when people take a shit... So does everybody. That's a weakness in everyone. I don't kill the kid for it, though. But you got to try to do your best to move on. You got a contract that could pay you 8 million bucks. You were making 800 grand last year. You were one of the coveted free agents. The money senses. Dude, 800-fold improvement on your paycheck. CJ, you won this, man. Tone goes like this. Sills, do you think he wanted to stay? Probably. Yes. Yes. That was a good environment to play ball in. Yes. Dude, nobody likes to pick up where you're having success in a place and you like everybody in the room. But the Eagles weren't going to pay money. They said it yesterday. I disagree 100% that the Eagles offered him more money. Not true. Howie said it two days ago. They were on a budget. Said it two days ago. What, he was the only guy they weren't on a budget for? Come on, man. Brian, right. But see, you're going to... Hey, wait a minute, Brian. One thing you got to say. A.J. Brown still talks shit on Tennessee. He did it either today or yesterday on a podcast. He still moans about that. Everybody, including me. So I'd be a hypocrite if I sat here and went like this. Gardner Johnson is an asshole for still going after um, the Eagles when I do the same shit. Okay, and it's about a month or so ago. Thank you. Thank you, Tone. But that's not the only comment I've heard AJ Brown make about Tennessee. Threw shots at them last year, all year. So, I mean, end of the day, dude, I know it's impossible to move on, especially when you had the success in Philadelphia. Okay? But you're barking. You wanted to stay. They wanted you, they didn't have the money. You wanted more. You got more in Detroit. You're on a good football team. I know it sounds like an easy transition. CJ, I know you watch the show. Listen, I'm with you, man. I F up too. I punched down. That's punching down. That is so punching down. Dude, you're you're one of the highest paid safeties now. I mean, right? You won. You won. You've got an NFC championship ring and $8 million. That's winning. You won. There's no reason, right? You won this. You won the argument in Philly. No matter what the media and no matter what the Eagles leak out, you won. They couldn't afford you. You got the money. Now it's just rhetoric. Right, right. This guy's making 10 times what he made last year. You won. Let it go. Hey, playing in Philly, coming out of the tunnel, all of that, I get it. It's a great – hey, man, when you're in a really great environment, and sometimes when you're in a shitty environment and you go to a great environment, believe me, Guys, when I went from the Hurricanes and the winning to the Buccaneers, and I could not believe the amount of losing attitude that I saw, it is something you feel. It's like, it's like a jacket that gets put on you. And you're like, holy shit, these people don't know how to win here. A lot of surrendering when you go to certain places. Then there's places you go and you're like, wow, everything's done first class. John, I agree. John, he wanted the money he got in Detroit and Philly. But the Eagles were on a budget. Gardner Johnson is a casualty to the pending Jalen Hurts contract. As is every other free agent that left. This was a common comment that I made to you all last year. Everyone keeps going, it's expected. Well, when it happens, it still stings. Let's not forget something. The amount of losses and starters, it's not just one or two. The amount of Pro Bowl starters, guys leading the NFL in interceptions, guys leading the Eagles in tackles. A guy who was considered one of the better pass-rushing defensive tackles. All of that. It's a tough scab. Okay? But Jalen Hurts' pending contract, Gardner Johnson is a casualty to this. It's not an Eagle thing. It's the system. It's how the NFL works. It's the contracts for the big-time quarterbacks. The money that these quarterbacks are now making affects the roster. And it's expected. This is where you've got to hope your guy can play with a limited roster. And I'll say it again. I completely 150 billion percent No matter what some of these guys tell you, that ain't the same football team. And it's not going to be. They're going to be good this year because the offense is pretty much intact. Your special teams still blows. You didn't prove anything on special teams. You're playing better teams. What happens when you play better teams? All three facets of your team have to produce. Special teams, defense, and offense, and you've not addressed either side. You addressed it with Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, restructuring of your corners, and giving a good deal to Bradbury. The rest of it's got holes everywhere, especially up the middle. You have no heart in your defense right now. That's got to be fixed. We'll see how he does it. Look, again, his biggest moves last year, Roseman, we're not drafting. His biggest moves last year were trades. Draft day trade with AJ, CJ. Well, I get the Bradbury. Bradbury was a free agent because he got whacked in New York by the Giants because he was a casualty of the cap. And 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 the signing, the signing of a free agent in Redick. When everybody kept saying three teams in three years, I know he's got double-digit sacks. Now it's turned out to be this conversation for Hassan Reddick. You just didn't know how to use me, and that's a fair comment now. That's a fair comment now. You didn't know how to use me. Eagles figured it out. They figured out the Rubik's Cube. And he was productive, and down the stretch, Reddick could have been the better player than Nick Boza even. Not Micah Parsons. He had the same impact as Nick Boza down the stretch. In the playoffs, he was even more of a destruction guy. But this is what how he does: he burns it down. But he's good at it. He's good at it. Tones like this, Sills. Is it fair to say the Eagles are strongest at the high impact positions? That's a spectacular take. Let's take a look at that pass rushing. Look, here's this thing I'm going to say about Reddick. I'll never say this about Hassan Reddick. You'll never hear me say this about Hassan. You think he could do it again? He's done it for four years. He's going on his fifth year in a row on double-digit sacks. That's Reggie White shit. So for me to sit here and go, I don't believe he's going to put up double-digit sacks, is an asinine comment. I won't make it because he's done it. Dude, I would have to put into the conversation over the last five years, I'm over the last four years, maybe only Aaron Donald has more sacks than him. TJ Watt, he's got to be in that top five. So you have to say, rushing the passer, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox had seven. Now, was that a benefit because Hardgrave played next to him or vice versa or both? We're going to find out. There's lesser talent in the defensive tackle position as of March 29th. There's less talent there. There's less depth. you got to remember something about Linville Joseph and Adame Kitsou. At one time, those guys were premier defensive tackles. Sue was arguably the best defensive tackle in the NFL at a stretch. He made $20 million in Miami. I mean, he was a preeminent DT and borderline Hall of Famer. And now he's gone. I might even address bringing one of them guys back for depth. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Brandon Graham, and eh, okay, had a really good year. Josh Sweat, pass rushers. I think they're pretty good, except for the middle. I don't. I think they got problems at DT when it comes to pass rushing, and that may affect your edge rushers. It may. Am I right when I say this? Tone everybody. Hassan Reddick's game picked up when Sue and Joseph were added to the depth. His game went elevated. It elevated when they brought those two dudes in. Fletcher Cox's game elevated. Okay? You don't have that depth in there, so you're not having 70 sacks this year. The linebacker positions, let's do this. And Tone's talking about premium positions and impact positions. What linebacker makes the biggest impact in the NFL today? That's an inside backer. Let's think about it. How many times do you hear Fred Warner's name when it comes to a 49 er win? How many times in Chicago did you hear Roquan Smith's name? I mean, that position doesn't have the impact that Ray Lewis had. The inside linebacker position. What inside linebacker is a dominant force in the NFL today? Right? Can you get away with dudes like TJ? TJ Edwards, to me, is a fine player. I wouldn't go great. I wouldn't go great. I would go, he's a good player. Kaiser White, fine tackler. But listen to what I'm saying. Good player, fine tackler. Not a premium position. It's a tones point, not an impact position. Safeties. I think that's an important position. I'll tell you why. I think it's tone setting. You're going to try to tell me you don't think Cam Chancellor set the tone with that Legion of Boom? Or John Lynch back in the day with the Bucks, Or a guy like Jack Tatum? Or people back there in that secondary? When you got an ass kicker back there setting tones? Coming across that middle, hey, man, you start to get them little alligator arms. You start getting into that position, okay? Right? But is it an impact position? Would you pay Gardner Johnson? Hey, CJ, I'm not paying you $10 million. That Jamal Adams deal, what did they pay him, $20 million a year? Never happened. All the number ones, not a chance. I'm not paying. I think this is exactly how Howie's looking at this. He thinks he's going to get away with dime store guys. He might. Let's take a look at the corner position. I don't really think Slade played all that hot. I know he watches the show too. Darius, you have been, and I'm going to make this very clear so it doesn't come off as hating. I think you've been an absolutely wonderful eagle. Since you came over from Detroit, you were good there. You're better here. Your last two years have been exceptional. I think your last five games of the year were not very good, and I did not think you had a good Super Bowl. And I thought I saw a little bit of you running out of gas. Okay? You're 32. Paying a guy that's a a corner that plays center field, $14 million? I don't know. However, in the tandem scheme of things, like Tone's talking, is he still one of the top seven guys in the league? Yeah. Now, as a tandem with Bradbury, do they have the best tandem in the NFC? Probably. Dallas would probably bitch at you, but I I, I don't really think that much of Diggs. I think he gambles too much. I think he gets beat over the top. I think he plays too much schoolyard football at that corner position. And I think he gets beat like Jalen Ramsey does. I don't think he plays structured football very well. I think you got to kind of throw him on an Island. And I think he just goes out there. And I think he plays with his, with a feel Well, you get beat on that. There's more of a structure in Philadelphia. You know, one thing I heard. I don't think that you're going to see that much of a difference in structure of what the defense is going to look like. I think they're going to try to plug and play. Okay? Eagle fan goes, Bradbury will hit. Yeah, but as a duo, Eagle fan, as a a duo, I think they're the best in the NFC still. Dallas is probably second. Um, I think Miami's got... Now with Ramsey down there and Howard, I think that's good. Okay. I think Miami has a good duo. Dallas with Gilmore now being added. I think Stephon Gilmore is better than Darius Slay. I I think he's a little better. I think he's always been better. Same age, roughly both guys. I think Stefan Gilmore' is a better ball player. he's had a better career. Stefan Gilmore was the defensive player of the year and these guys are the same age okay so but again, as a duo, okay Todd Todd thinks Darius Slays better. Are you under the impression that Slays had a more accomplished career than Stefan Gilmore? You might want to look that one up. You might want to look that one up. So, the impact positions, the problem that you have, though, in the replacement of those positions, you've downgraded. You're downgrading at the safety position, you're downgrading at the linebacker position, and you're downgrading, as of now, your depth in your D tackle position. Last year, you. You went out and put veteran and pretty young guys at positions. Yacht goes Gilmore and Diggs or Bradbury Slay. I'm probably going Bradbury and Slay as a duo. Okay? Dude, you're really not going to make me do this, right? Okay? Stephon Gilmore stats. You're really not going there. Stephon Gilmore. He's thirty-two. Okay, he's got the. He's the same age as Darius Slay. He's a five-time Pro Bowler. He's the defensive player of the year. Led the National Football League in interceptions. Come on. Defensive player of the year puts you over the top. And if he was older, and he's played on shittier teams. Carolina and where? Indianapolis. Hey, again. Bottom line, what, 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 what he's saying. As a matter of fact, it's kind of where we're going with our next topic here. When he's talking about, I'm talking tone, premium positions. Okay? How many Super Bowls? He's got one Super Bowl championship. Okay? Here we go. Hey, man, you take Slay's career, I'll take Gilmore's career we'll agree to disagree. Let's move on to the second topic. What area of the draft should the Eagles address these positions? I'm gonna say something to you here. The free agency, how we for him to upgrade positions that he needs will have to be trades. How do you make trades with draft equity? First, before we get into these positions here, by the way, I got a brand new mock draft. There's a different dude at 10 and 30 from what we're hearing for the Eagles and some of the other guys because people are now putting more quarterbacks in the top 10. We'll get to that here in a minute. How many people think that Howie's going to trade one of those picks first? 10 or 30. What do you, well, how about this? What do you think the odds are he trades one of those picks? What do you think the odds are? He's got more holes on his teams than he has picks. You understand that. There are more holes on the team than picks where are you addressing it the more you address it in free agency the lesser players you're going to continue to get and you're going to get these moral guys that are going to be put on your team that are roster guys they're not going to be impact dudes by the way I think the guy Edmonds would probably be a good ball player played in Pittsburgh well coached he was productive there I think it'd be good He won't be Gardner Johnson, like Seth said yesterday, and I completely agree with that. That's crazy thinking. Okay? That's crazy thinking you're going to get a guy lead the NFL in interceptions. Crazy. Lamar says 60% he targets down with 10 and moves up on the 64th pick. Hmm. I think he's going to try to get as many Draft choices, and I think the pick, like I've been telling you, that he's going to do this with is 10. There is not a player outside of B.J. Robinson at 10 that's in this draft that can help the Eagles out. There's not a player in this draft, maybe Jalen Carter. Will Anderson would help. But the rest of these guys, do you really think that Miles Murphy is going to help the holes on the Eagle team? Really? I don't. Vegas doesn't. Vegas right now still has the Eagles as one of the preeminent teams. By the way, most pundits are saying it's going to be Eagles and 49ers back in the NFC title game again. Okay? So if we're talking like that right now, you think one guy is going to change the world for you? I do not. Howie Roseman has not drafted one player on defense that has changed a team's fortunes. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Grant. This is 20 years of drafting. The Eagles don't draft impact players on defense. They really don't. They acquire them, trade for them. Free agents. Hassan Reddick. Get this. The biggest impact players on the Eagles last year was Hassan Reddick, your two corners, in a trade with oh, oh, the Hardgrave deal. Because the Steelers let Hardgrave grow. He wasn't homegrown. There wasn't a player on your football team that really was like an impactful guy. Hardgrave was the best D lineman. Reddick was the best pass rusher. The two corners were one was a free agent sign and the other was a trade. They don't draft impact defensive guys for whatever reason that is. And I do think it's a little bit of what Tone said. Dan, the NFL is changing today. And I've got to get over that because you know why? Finding an impact NFL guy, and you watch a guy like Will Danters, You watch a guy like Will Anderson. Is this a fair comment? You draft a guy like Will Anderson, and you saw what he did at Alabama. I think there's more restrictions in the NFL playing defense today than there are in college. So what does that mean? You're never going to see Will Anderson be the player he was in college because of the limitations that the league puts on them with all the rules. I think you're starting to see that and feel that. Okay, right? Am I right? I mean, I think you have more freedom to play defense in college than you do in the NFL. How many people think Lawrence Taylor could play the game that he played today in the league? How many people think Ronnie Lott could play today? How many people think that Seth Joyner could play in today's league? How many people think that Reggie, the way he threw guys around, would not be penalized? How many times did Reggie lay on quarterbacks? Okay? Yeah, it's not that he couldn't play. The league would penalize him for playing that way. He'd be looking like that guy perfect. He'd constantly be thrown. I saw a guy do a... I saw the Tom Brady's... That late hit on Tom Brady in that Carolina game. How many people went like this? You... You gotta be kidding me. Right? Dude, Reggie used to murder guys. Those, Those guys who killed people back in the day like Pat Swilling and... And Derek Thomas and them guys, man, would have a tough putt in today's NFL. They'd have a tough putt to get around the horn there, man. So maybe what it is is, can you imagine this? You think Buddy Ryan would be a good coordinator today? Buddy's an aggressive guy. Jonathan Gannon might just be what everyone is looking for in a defensive coordinator. Keep everything underneath. Other teams will F up. You're not going to go on a 14-play drive. Somebody's going to screw up, especially when the quarterbacks that you're playing, like they have in the NFC. Kirk Cousins is going to, watch this, Kirk Cousins is going to mess up. Okay, he's going to mess up. Geno Smith's going to mess up. These guys are all going to mess up. They're all going to, you can't go on 14-play drives. The odds that you're not going to have an offsides or a legal procedure or a fumble or a three and out are so undecided to defense on a 14-play drive. 14 plays against me, let's see it. Kirk Cousins couldn't do it and can't do it. So there's something to be said about that. So I wrote down the needs heading into the draft. What is the biggest need on this team? By the way, don't look at the draft pick yet at 10 and 30, because they could be different. What's the biggest need on the team right now? The biggest need. That's on the Eagles. What's the biggest need that they have? They need to get better up the middle. Dual threat? Absolutely. Brian says everything. I don't necessarily think everything. I think they're pretty good at corner. I think their edge rushers are pretty good. Sweat, Raddick. I think they're, Brandon Graham. I think there's some pretty good ball players there. Those are pretty good ball players. DT, linebacker, defensive line. Size up the middle of the defense. Well, dude, Fletcher Cox and uh, Jordan Davis. I don't know about you. The last time I saw Toledo, those guys bend the needle. Those <laughs> are pretty big dudes. Those two's are pretty big guys. Those two guys, Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis. Okay, the Toledo screams. You know what the Toledo is, right? Right. It's a scale. You get on the Toledo, man. That needle screaming. All right. What round do you think the Eagles will address defensive tackle? What round? This will give us a sense when we get to the mock draft here. Okay? What round do you think the Eagles will address defensive tackle? First, second, first, first. First. Wow. First round. Really? Okay. So you must think that's a priority. No rip on Jordan Davis. This is not what this exercise is. So you got a one tag on that need. I'm going to show you what we're doing here. Coach Johnson showed me this exercise. He does it every morning or did it every morning with his scouting department and the head of scouting, Bob Ackles. So we're going to do it here for the Eagles. Safety. What round will the Eagles address safety? And by the way, take into consideration what Tone said. How much, remember something. You guys have more of a his, history with how these guys act. Okay. Howie didn't want to pay CJ. No matter what they tell you in the media, they didn't want to pay him. I'm not thinking he's wrong. $10 million for a safety, $20 million for a DT, Howie's right. You still lose quality players, though. You still lose the quality player. Safety. Third, fourth, Second day? Second round. Safety? You think Howie, Howie Roseman will draft the safety in the second round? I'm going more with history. I think third round. By the way, remember, third round's the most successful round in NFL history when it comes to the NFL draft. It's a it's a very productive round. So you got a three. DT's a one. Safety's a three. Okay? Offensive tackle or offensive line. What round do you think Howie will draft? They will draft. Uh, You can guarantee there's going to be an old lineman drafted. What round? What round would you think the Eagles, who made a career out of drafting Hall of Fame players, (laughs) developing them, they're fantastic at developing that position. Third? One through three? No, no, you get one round here. I'm going to show you what the exercise is. So if you think one of those premium tackles falls into 10, you think they take the edge rusher over the offensive lineman? That's not their, that's not their MO. They're not going to pass on Paris Johnson or the kid from Northwestern. If those two guys are there, I there's a great chance I think they could take them. Don't you? That's who they are. That's who they are. I think they'll address the offensive line in the first round. Linebacker. What round do you think they'll address that position? And by the way, as much as they don't value the position, if you're going to play a 34, Tone says it too. Man, you, don't, you can't put four linebackers on the field. You're lost. He's right. Especially when most of the teams today are in nickel. Do you think how he uses a third rounder? I think he does. What round does Howie draft a quarterback? I think he will draft a quarterback. I think he will. I made it very clear to people. Because of the Tom Brady's of the world and the Kirk Cousins of the world, um, because of guys like that that you know you never know when you land on a Brock Purdy, you should draft a quarterback. In every draft, if you're the general manager, you never know when you land on that guy. You may land on a guy who's a future Hall of Famer like Tom Br- You never know. And you really don't waste that much. Second round, no way. No way. No way. But why would you wait? Why would you put a second rounder on a guy when you got Mariota in the building? No way. That's right, Yale. You got a lottery ticket here. I'd say this. Sixth round? Well, they got two sevens, right? Seventh round. How many of the needs have they filled here? Let's take a look at that. Okay. You got one linebacker. One linebacker. And you're going to try to do something in the third, maybe. How are you going to do that? I'm going to show you here. Safety, third round. OT, first round. Dillard, backup quarterback. How do you get to where places where you need more linebackers, more depth at defensive tackle? You trade out of 10. You trade out of 10 and get multiple picks in the second and third rounds or, yeah, seconds and thirds to retool your football team economically so you can pay Jalen. That's how this has to go down. You're not going to get quality players right now walking the street. This has been a very interesting and weird free agency period. I've never seen anything like it. There's not a lot of big guys out there. And when the big guys do get put out there, they're scooped up, man. And then you're kind of left with people who have all been put out there that they want to upgrade from. I mean, Kaiser White and TJ Edwards, do you know who got paid this year in free agency? Guys like those two guys. The upper guys, they manage the salaries. Is it collusion? I don't know. Dude, the only two guys that I see in free agency that made a killing this year were the kid Bates and Hargrave. I mean, who else made a killing in free agency? I'm trying to think. Was there anybody else that signed a giant deal? Shit, probably Bradbury. Breed goes trade back from 10. But stay in front of Dallas. Yeah, because you know why. I got why you want to stay in front of Dallas. You want to stay in front of Dallas to keep Robinson away from him. Okay? Tremaine Edmonds, he got paid too. Yes, he did. The kid from Buffalo, he got paid too. Yes, he did. But there's like four dudes that got paid. I mean, there was a D-tackle in Seattle and the restructuring of the contract with the kid that was a DT in uh, Washington. But, man, there wasn't a rush to all the – you know, like three years ago, didn't the Patriots spend like $350 million in free agent contracts? Man, there was none of that. There was none of that. Edmund signed with the Bears for 75. That, that, that's a big deal. By the way, too, I don't know if you count the Roquan Smith deal because that was done trade deadline last year. I think mean, it kind of maybe, but not really. Okay. I say this. I say the because look, what's what's the most big what's the biggest priority right now? There's two things for the Eagles. Look, you're not far away. Vegas still thinks you're going to make it to the NFC title game. With the current roster you have. So if you upgrade with youth, 4 1 to 3 3, I think we will trade with Houston. They love the picks. I think you're going to get a team that's going to panic because one of those quarterbacks are going to fall down there. I think Howie's got the 10. I'll tell you what, too, man. I mean, could you see Howie trading up to five? And then one of the teams that are in desperation to get a quarterback. A, a double trade where then he trades it to some team that needs a quarterback like the Raiders or Indianapolis to get multiple first rounders because their guy from Kentucky's there. This is going to be a really great chess game. That I think the draft is going to have more drama in it than any other draft I've ever seen because there's a desperation to get quarterbacks like Hertz, Mahomes, Burrow, all these guys. If you don't hear, one thing is evident. If you don't have a quarterback, you cannot win in this league a Super Bowl. Tone's great statement that I stole from him. You just can't put your name on the test there, San Francisco, and say you're passing. That's a fair statement by him. Hey, I get to the NFC title game. Okay? That's like Pittsburgh telling you, we haven't had a losing season in 17 years. So, since when in Pittsburgh has the standards dropped to just having a good season? I thought in Pittsburgh you chased Lombardi trophies. Okay? Hey, I like everything San Francisco does except the handling of the quarterback. They can't get it right. Kyle Shanahan, for all of his brilliance, get this, he's a better coach for Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey than he is for his quarterbacks. Even though I thought Purdy looked good, Purdy's a better quarterback than Lance. When I watch Trey Lance play, he looks like he's laboring to throw the ball. When Purdy throws it, he looks like Breeze. He looks like Breeze throwing the ball. Accurate? Smooth. I'm not saying he is breeze, but you could tell when the football, dude. Use your eyeball test when the football comes out of that guy's hands versus Trey Lance's. It's night and day. I think the guy in Green Bay throws a better football, Jordan Love. The guy came into the Eagle game. I thought Jordan Love looked pretty decent in that ball game. I was like, hey, the kid's got an arm. Better than that shit I saw up in San Francisco. That guy, he won't be as good as Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick's a better player than him. Shit, you're hoping he's Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick won ball games. I actually was a fan of his play. I really was, man. I thought, I mean, he was Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson. That's how I looked at him. I can't remember a game either, Lance, that he played in college except for one ball game. I mean, dude, anytime that you get a Mitchell Trubisky kind of type guy where he plays only one year and you got so little tape on a guy, I always get kind of nervous with that. Okay, Garoppolo throws a great football. Paul says, Dan, do you agree teams like the Colts should wait until after the draft on Lamar's offer? They will then only have to give up on future picks. Paul, I think Lamar's going to be traded draft night. I think that's what the Ravens, and from what I would think Ozzie Newsom's going to do, you're going to have, here, watch this. You're going to have more bidders. Howie's going to have more bidders. You, you know people want to change positions with Howie Ro- How many teams do you think have called Howie Roseman right now to trade into the 10th pick? 10? I think so. 10? You know the Cowboys want that kid from Texas. I think the Cowboys are going to trade up and get him because they know this. Wherever you trade for B.J. Robinson, it will be the right place to take him except in the top five. Because he's ranked the fifth best player in the draft. So if you get him at 11, he's still the fifth best player. You're not overdrafting. You're not overdrafting. So Lamar Jackson's 25 years old. If you're Ozzie Newsome and, and you're DaCosta and you're Biscotti, isn't your value on draft night? What are you going to give me? We're open for bidding. And then you know what teams are going to do? Teams are going to go like this. Here's 40 million. Because right now, get this. I don't know. How many teams do you think are really out there bidding on him? Don't you think we would have hurt something by now? This is why I think they're waiting to the draft. I think they're waiting to the draft. Because I think you get more equity out of it. Because let's say this. Say the Raiders, say the Raiders don't get their guy and they take Jalen Carter, okay? They take Jalen Carter. They got Carter. They drafted him. All of a sudden you call Baltimore up and you go, I'll tell you what, man, I'll send you Carter, first round pick, and we'll pay him 50. Would the rate, would Baltimore make that move? They need to get better on defense. Seth said it yesterday. The Ravens, why they're not the same organization, it's not Lamar. The Ravens' defense, they look nothing like they used to look. They look nothing like it. I think Howie is sitting in a really great position right now for the draft. He's got to retool this team through the draft and not free agency because there's really not unless he makes trades. Look, let me say this to you and I'm going to do it again here. And I brought this up yesterday. Dude, he traded for Slay, right? He traded for Gardner Johnson. Gardner Johnson couldn't have been thought of that much in new Orleans, making 800 grand. And they let him go and they, they traded for him guy turned out to be a guy who's worth now 8 million bucks. That's a talent. That's a skilled deal maker. Because you know why? He's done it multiple times. Hardgrave, slay, Gardner Johnson. There's a track record. That's why I tell you this and you guys think I'm hate. He's kind of okay and all over the place in the draft. That's why multiple picks for him are important. Why? Because he doesn't really hit a lot of good guys in the draft, especially on that side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. He's not very skilled over there. He can't pick a corner to save his life. His linebacker, like Tone says, is not a priority in the world. And he's got to get depth in the tackle position. And you got to pay. Remember, always end our conversations with paying for the quarterback. 4-1 to 3-3. With Lamar Jackson, you have to take into account that there's not an agent to talk to the media. He reps himself, makes it easier to keep quiet, but also put a false narrative out on him. You know what's killer is that I I can't tell you how many shows I tune on and I hear people and I hear NFL former players talking shit on the way he's trying to get guaranteed contracts. You're okay with the player and the owner's Offering up the number zero. But not lifetime benefits and guaranteed contracts. And Lamar's trying to fight for guaranteed contracts. Every player that's in the media, every guy that is in it should be rooting for him. Not vilifying him. But most people take the side of the team. You should be rooting for him. Because it'll affect tackles. Guards. And the rest of them guys. Tone says this, you're right. Howie isn't skilled enough to hit the bullseye with only five to six picks. That's that's exactly. He needs at least eight bullets in the gun. That's what I want. That's what I, listen to this. Think about where, you know, this is pretty inspiring if you think about it. Vegas has the Eagles, still has the team to make it to the NFC title game. They got you a couple ticks down lower than San Francisco. So if you go into the draft and you tool up with a couple guys, say you get eight, to Tone's number, say you get eight picks and two make impact, you won. You won. You won. You upgraded. And you won. Hey, let me say this to you. Kansas City's not the same team they were a year ago. They got to get a wide receiver in the building. They're completely downgrading. Lost Orlando Brown. I mean, they're not the same team. How'd you like to go into that game with the lesser Kansas City team and your intact offense. Hey, right now, I'll tell you this. If I put the Eagles in a football game it's against Kansas City right now, Mahomes would kill that defense. That's my only issue because they couldn't stop them. Now, they couldn't stop him with the number two ranked defense. You're not going to stop them with that thing. New coaches, you don't even know what the – with the what you don't even know what the structure is 43 34 I'm guessing 34 you don't even have enough players for that yet You wouldn't beat Kansas City cuz Mahomes would destroy that defense Okay They kill him Hey by the way Eagles would probably the Eagles I think would run over that Kansas City defense You'd have to go on long played. You'd have to keep that game low scoring. You're not going to outscore Kansas City if you're the Eagles. You're not. You're not. You have to keep that kid on the sidelines. And the only way you keep Mahomes on the sidelines with the current Eagle team is not with your defense. It's with that offense. This is why you better pray that running game. You're going to... so. Who's your best running back right now? It's Jalen. That's not something you want to hear, is it? Or are you all right with that? Your number one running back is Jalen Hurts. Eh, you know, number one running back in Kansas City. Ain't Burrow. Not Mahomes in Kansas City. It might be in Buffalo, that's why that kid gets killed. It's in Baltimore. <laughs> you got to, You gotta, to me, I, I think they're, you know, these guys are saying, hey, I feel pretty good about my running backs. You can't. You can't. Jalen is still going to carry the ball 17. As of right now, March 29th, Jalen Hurts is still going to carry the ball 17, 18 times a game. He was trending for two hundred carries last year. Arthur goes six, six yards a carry. Yeah, he starts two games a year last five years. Congratulations. Let me know when he's let me let me know when he plays. That C J was. Giving away to the Eagles last year, and now he's worth eight million in Detroit for one year. Why is he in Detroit, and why is he on another one-year prove-it deal? I think that's the market. I think there's some truth to that. Free agency has been held down this year a little bit, but don't 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 kid yourself. Philadelphia didn't offer him more money. Not true. Not true. What do you mean he misread the mark? Nobody misreads it. So you're trying to tell me if Gardner Johnson was offered more money to stay in the place, he's bitching at me and Seth because people – well, not bitching at us, but to us – because people in Philadelphia are now calling him a cancer. And he's still butthurt because he's not in Philly. You're telling me if there was a, a better deal there, he wouldn't have grabbed it? Use your common sense. Daniel says it's his mouth. I don't have a problem with a player's big mouth. As long as it's not destructive. I got to take a timeout. Rick Barry's going to join us too. Hey, by the way, I got some comments I want to make about Joel Embiid. I want to do that. NCAA tournament. I got a mock draft I want to hit on too. This, these, these drafts change now so much with free agency. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
6: My name is uh, Fran and I'm a managing director here at Vale Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
1: National Football Show. By the way, I just asked Gardner Johnson if he was offered more money. Let's see if he uh, responds here. I just asked him if he was offered more money in Philly. So we'll get a response. I'm sure of it. Rick Barry will join us. Um, I'm going to get to this mock draft here in a second. Let me ask you something about before we get into the draft here. Um, so when Bede missed in the game the other night, here's the, this is what I'm gonna bring up with Rick Berry. Do you know why I don't have appointment setting anymore in the NBA? Because you take matchups like that away. Look, Bede's got a chance. What is it, Boston coming up? And then he's got Giannis next week, too. He has a shot at it. You know, I think it's a three-man race for the MVP. I don't think it's Sam Dunkey's winning it. But isn't that what I'm talking about? I mean, the NBA doesn't have appointment setting, load management. If you're a fan, that sucks. Like, watch this. Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes. It's appointment setting television. The NFL gives you appointment setting. Brady versus Rodgers. Cowboys-Eagles. It's appointment setting. Okay? Yeah. Is Jokic uh, three-peating? Personally, I think the best player in the NBA is in Milwaukee. That's just me, though. Guys won an NBA championship. The guy hustles every freaking night. I think Embiid's played wonderful. I think it's a three-man race. I just, I if, To me, if I had to have a player lead my basketball team, it's the guy in Milwaukee. He gives you max effort every night. I mean, he, he, he plays like he's Dennis Rodman. I mean, it's just max effort. Max effort every night. Therefore, his teammates. And by the way, the only two players that ever carried their franchise to a title in Milwaukee are Jabbar and him or Lou Alcindor and him. That's incredibly awesome. Okay? When I when I watch all the NBA guys, Giannis is my favorite player in the game because he plays every night and plays hard. And when he's on the floor, dude, he gives it to you. Just It's just not appointment setting anymore in the NBA. Let me get out of that thing, man. Hey, Niners goes, Dennis Rodman without makeup. I'll make this point to you. Dennis Rodman is the greatest non-seven-foot rebounder in the history of the NBA. Was he at 14 NBA titles? I think only Wilt has more. Either Wilt or Russell. I mean, Russell, I guess Russell was 6'9, too. So you probably have to go, you probably have to go Bill and then Rodman. Because uh, Russell wasn't seven feet. So you probably go Russell and Rodman as your two best under seven foot players when it comes to um rebounding. This is just, just a tremendous basketball. Three time defensive player of the year, too, Rodman. Five titles. This guy's got more titles than Larry Bird. So we'll talk to our friend Rick Barry. Yesterday was his birthday, by the way. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, man, I like Giannis. I like people who show up. I like people who give me appointment setting. That's why we don't talk NBA or you don't talk like baseball that much because it's not appointment setting. Can Can I tell you what appointment setting is this year? I don't know about you, Tone, but I can't wait to see the Padres and the Phillies play. Machado, Machado. And Harper, I want to see that. Okay, I'm good. That's something I want to see. Okay, I want to see Shohei Otani. I want to watch that guy. I want to watch that guy pitch and hit. (laughs) I mean, those are the things that are moving the needles for me. Because Harper moves – Harper's a needle mover. Harper's a needle mover, dude. He gets out there, man, and that – Harper is an old 80s, like Reggie Jackson and Pete Rose and all them dudes, George Brett kind of guy that gives you, like, theater. I like theater. I like personalities. Baseball has none. About time they get back to selling it. The NBA can't even give you a decent matchup, right? You can't even get Jokic. You can't get Jokic and Embiid on the floor together because what? What if you show up and you're a fan and that matchup doesn't transpire? Wow. I'd never go to NBA game again, nor would I take my kid. Watch it on the tube, dude. You give me nothing to root for. We'll see. Anyway, I got a mock draft here. I want to show you where these quarterbacks now. You know what? Every one of these quarterbacks are going to be overdrafted. Every one of them, okay? Every one of these guys are going to be overdrafted. I think probably Young is probably the third, and I would say Stroud is probably in the top five best players in the draft. Okay, those two guys, but the rest of these dudes, Anthony Richardson is going to go potentially in the top five picks. Do you understand how this helps Howie out? Unbelievably how this helps Howie. I got Bryce Young going to Carolina. Everything that I've talked to Frank, Frank's nobody's really afraid of his size. They're not afraid of the size. And I'm like, man, 5'10 and a half, 190 pounds. He's so skilled though. He's, he, I'll tell you this: Bryce Young, who could you compare him to? Drew Breeze? Is he skilled like Breeze? Yeah, kind of. Like Breeze, right? Stroud second, he's going to Houston. Texans need a quarterback. They got two ones in the draft too, by the way. Um, big kid, prototypical guy. You know what I feel about Ohio State, guys? I believe he's going to the Houston Texans. Here's one of the guys that I would hope that the Eagles would be interested in, but have no chance. Um, Will Anderson, I think, goes to Shane Steichen. Take that back. Jonathan Gannon in Arizona. I think he goes to Arizona. And I think you got your pass rusher because they lost T.J. Watt. And they've lost some, they lost a kid, Zach Allen, um, to Denver, I believe. So you you lost an end and you lost pass rushing. Justin says big sales. So if we are going to trade a pick for a defensive player, who is the target? I would say Jeffrey Simmons. I'd love the guy. Uh Devin White's got another year on his contract. Justin, the only thing I would say about this, Antonio Winfield. Justin, the only thing I would say about this, they would have to have a sign and trade on a new contract extension because those two guys, White and Simmons, have only one year remaining. I'm not giving the 10th pickup for a rental if I can't have a deal before you end up moving the player. I'm up for giving you Simmons. I'm up for giving you the 10th pick for Simmons. He's young. He's awesome. He's awesome. And it would make the Eagles look unbelievable again. And it would be an upgrade on Hardgrave. He's an upgrade on, he's a better football player than Javon Hardgrave. I, I have no problem saying that. That guy in Tennessee is a better football player. He's a better player. Um, but you would have to have sign and trade. Okay. Cody Gosills, Carolina's coaching staff seem pretty friendly. Cody, remember something. You're in the land of misinformation right now. They may be telling you they like Stroud knowing full well they're going with Harper or excuse me, with Bryce Young, okay? You don't want anybody to know where you are in the draft right now. You kind of want to give them, that's why people fly people in. The Eagles fly B.J. Robinson in and they've never drafted a first round running back like ever, but they brought him in. Why? Because there's another position out there that they're coveting. That's why they're doing that. You bring a guy in that you never would in a million years use the first round draft choice on. Okay. I mean, how many people here believe that the Eagles will draft B. John Robinson at 10? Does anybody? It wouldn't be horrible, but does anybody? I, I don't believe it. Okay. Was Keith the first round draft choice? I think he was. You're right. I think he was. Keith was a hell of a ball player. A friend of mine, he comes on the program all the time. What a great player. I thought he should have won the Heisman. 85, I think it was. I thought he should have won the Heisman at Ohio State. He's a good football player, man. Is that the last time that they drafted a guy in the first round? It was um, Keith Byers? Man, he was good. 86. He's a good football player. Him and Keith Jackson, their old line just blew, man. God, you guys had like Dave Remington and Ron Heller was good. He was a teammate of mine in Tampa. But, man, I maybe it was just – God, you had good players all over the place on offense. See, but Randall played – Randall played a lot like the quarterbacks today. And back then, they didn't know how to coach Randall. Cause Randall, you know, you know, you know what you do. Here, I'll get back to this here. But you know what you do with Randall, man. You don't put a playbook in front of Randall. You put an idea in front of Randall, like you do with Jalen, and you say, "Go get me to win." You don't sit there and go like this. Now play inside this fence, play in this sandbox here, and you can't do that to Randall Cunningham. Let him go out. Go ahead, Randall. Go win the game. Kind of stay in this parameter here. Go win the game. Well, you what do you mean? I mean, it's go win the game. Don't do this. Don't do this. We don't want to have turnovers. Be smart. Go win the game. Okay, but you see, that's when they, even when they started change, changing the coaching staff with Kotai and them guys, they tried to put him in a sandbox. That's why he hated Philly, and now that relationship's been repaired. Like you can't coach me like that. Buddy never coached him like that. Okay. I can't believe that Randall sixty now. Good night. I think the kid from Kentucky's going to Indianapolis. Um, Will Levis quarterback. I do want to say Richardson. Okay, but I think it's going to be the kid from Kentucky. He's got a more prototypical arm. This kid Richardson is going. I think he's going to Seattle. I think he's going to Seattle. I got Seattle and Anthony Richardson at five. And he, he, get this. You just signed, what's his name, to a two-year contract extension. He sits and watches Anthony Richardson. He's the new prototypical guy. He's a project. You can't just start him now. He's not ready. He looked 50-something percent completion percentage at Florida. Bothers me. Okay? Seattle has to have a plan after Geno. What's Geno? 32? So at the end of his contract, he'll be 34, 35 years old. It's time to move on after that. So him with Geno, sitting there, and I'm sure they're probably being very transparent. Geno, we're probably going to look at a quarterback. And you get. I think they're going to take Anthony Richardson there. At 6, Detroit. I got Christian Gonzalez going there. They need cornerback help. They're a little light in the linebackers. I think their front seven looks pretty good. Detroit's going to be a problem this year. By the way, let me say this to you too. Could you see Richardson going to Detroit? Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell said this. Jared Goff is made for us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that they want and think that Jared golf's the future there? <sighs> mm. He played well, had a winning season, turned the entire place around. He was a cast off from the Rams. Okay. The Rams had a shitty year. Detroit had a great year. And for all intent purposes, do we not agree the toughest game that the Eagles played all year long in the NFC was the lions. Can you think of another game that they played an NFC team that was tougher? See the cowboy loss. They didn't have Jalen. Okay. Maybe, maybe that one. What other 49er game? There would not a lot of yards. I mean, kind of was close in the first half there was just too many mistakes because the quarterback was a nightmare for san francisco but it just it, it just looked the packer game maybe i still take detroit i think detroit i think detroit was their toughest opponent i do think they like golf though i think golf reminds dan campbell of himself tell you what man Mr. Kneecap Chewer is starting to look like a pretty good coach, isn't he? I got the Raiders down here. At number seven. But I think the Raiders may I think the Raiders are a candidate to move up. They need a quarterback. They just got rid of one. You think they'll go after Lamar? Or Rodgers? If you're the 49ers, or if you're the Raiders, you got to be looking at Lamar. And you got to be looking at at Aaron Rodgers. Eagle Way, what defense, what defensive package in Detroit running with the seven front? Is that the same as the Giants? And when they beat Brady, wide nines and all that? Yeah, seven front. Wide seven, absolutely. You see, remember something. Tone's dead on. That wide seven gives you players that are hybrid players, players, and that's why you're seeing more Michael Parsons and Hassan Reddicks and um TJ Watts. Guys that you look at and you go, 6'4, 250. You know, lining up over an offensive tackle like Jordan Mulata, that's not something you're looking to do. But you put those guys out wide. You know, you know how you beat a guy that's six, seven 350 pounds? You know how you beat him? Move his feet. Move his feet. It's the fastest way to neutralize a big dude like that. That's what's making Lane Johnson so special and not giving up sacks, is that Lane, I don't know what position he played as a younger kid, but there's no way that Lane Johnson like in high school, in junior football, was alignment. There's not a chance. He's too athletic. He is just too athletic. I'd say that same thing for the center. Those guys were not slug centers in high school. Those guys played other athletic positions. Lane's too athletic, man. Lane was a tight end. Makes sense. Hey, Warren Sapp was a tight end in high school. He was a a failed tight end at Miami. Do you know that, Warren Sapp? He went to Miami as like a a defensive end slash tight end, and they put him at tight end, and he was terrible. He was terrible, man. Hey, Tone, can you do me a favor here, man? I think... Uh, Rick hasn't received a link. Can you send it? I know you probably did. And I completely, um, completely, uh, I'm with you, man. Probably went to his junk mail. So we're getting ready to get Rick Rick Barry on with us. We're going to talk to him here in a second. Yeah. And by the way, I want to make sure that we stay in the draft here a little bit here. So we're at Christian Gonzalez right now at number six here. And then I think they're going to take Jalen Carter at seven. Okay, I think he's good. I think the Raiders are going to do that. But, boy, it wouldn't shock me if they trade up. They need to get a quarterback in the building. They just let Derek Carr, like I said, walk out the building. Boy, man, I heard this one yesterday. Joey Porter is not the eighth-ranked player, but the Atlanta Falcons want to put Joey Porter on their board. At number eight. Okay. Kelsey said he played quarterback in high school. Not a shocker. Because he sure looks like it. Um, he sure does. He sure looks like it. Um, but the falcons are looking at Porter now. Tyree Wilson has fallen. The Texas Tech end, Chicago. Chicago wanted Will Anderson because they got their quarterback, they feel. So they're going to take the second-best edge rusher, and they're going to take Tyree Wilson from Tech. Here's the 10th pick with the Eagles. This is now the third time that I've put Miles Murphy here at 10. Does Miles Murphy move the needle for you? Does Miles Murphy help you enough structurally and roster wise would you rather have more picks or the player who would you rather have let's stop at 10 here you know before i bring rick barry on I want I want I, I want to I throw this out to you about sports and something in sports. Can you imagine doing this as a young kid and he, you know what, how cool this is Rick was around for this. can you imagine you're going to a ball game with your father and your father's got tickets to see will Chamberlain play against Bill Russell and you got appointment setting and bead versus Joker Oh, I can't play tonight. You know, I get load, man, I guess, but you know, you know what that is as for me, like I was telling you a couple minutes ago. So, I mean, can you imagine when you're watching Michael Jordan versus Gary Payton and those guys are playing against, or you got Barry playing against Oscar Robertson. That's appointment setting. That's something the NBA as great as these players are today, Rick Barry, big O Jerry West, when you bought a ticket to go watch those dudes, they were there. I'm just wondering how Rick feels about that. My friend, Rick Barry, Hall of Famer, the top 20 players of all time. And by the way, look at that, you going like this. How you right. doing, Rick? Good, Unbelievable, man.
4: Yeah, it was pretty amazing comeback that they made. But uh, to pick up on your point that you were talking about this load management crap, I was just, I just did a, a function that I just did with Kevin McHale, Bobby Dandridge, and, and Dave Bing, all Hall of Famers. Uh, <laughs> we weren't big proponents of, of load management. Now, I understand why, because of all the money trying to save guys, but the NBA is about to be so adamant about the fact that you must, you, you should look at the schedule ahead of time. I think this should be mandatory. You should have to look at your schedule ahead of time, see what the schedule is, pick the days. Now, this is all predicated on everybody being healthy, right? When Injuries are another factor. What days, according to our schedule, if everybody's healthy, would be a good load management day for our guy, but only, only at home. Never on the road. Never. Only on the road. And if they did that, I think that would alleviate a lot of the Disappointment that you mentioned that you would have if you're saving up and you buy a ticket to go and see Steph Curry, you know, coming back to play against a team that they only come in one time in the season. And there's no way any player should ever be allowed to do load management on the road, especially interconference. Especially interconference. That is just such a disservice to the fans. Um, and I, I know the guys I was with, we wanted to play. I mean, I hated it when we were blowing people out because I knew I wouldn't get to play very much. And I mean, hell, I, I became a professional basketball player because I loved playing. So, and again, I can understand the money is involved is incredible that they're paying these guys now. I mean, hell, they would, I don't, they would never allow me to do what I did in my second year in the league, uh, Dan. I mean, I think, you know, I had to get shot up before the game and at halftime in the finals of the NBA. I couldn't practice. I shouldn't even been playing. In that series, I had such a bad sprained ankle. I could feel nothing. I was lucky, really lucky that I didn't ruin my career and do something that would have been career ending by getting shot up before the game. They've never would allow that now. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But that's those those are the parameters I think the NBA should, uh, should operate by. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to look. Say, okay, we played this many games. All right, well, we'll give Steph a little bit of rest here in this game against this team, blah, blah, blah. That's if everything goes according to plan with no injuries whatsoever. But if injuries commit to play, I can understand, well, maybe you have to change it. But it's never going to be a game away from home. Never.
1: I'm feeling a little bit... Not you, so I have to I have to be a little bit more with the you here now, now that Rick's got the U on. Rick, let me ask you about Embiid. Um, if you had to pick an MVP this year, who is it? Giannis Joker? Well, I, I, or is it Embiid? Embiid And I, wants this award, Rick.
4: No, no, no. I I, I get to get into my thing that I've said for decades. I've I've been arguing this for decades. The NBA won't even listen to me. It's the dumbest thing in the world to have an MVP in the NBA with an unbalanced schedule when teams play somebody two times during the season. It's ridiculous. It should be an MVP of the Eastern Conference and MVP of the Western Conference. So if you're going to talk about the Eastern Conference, you have to choose between Embiid and you have to choose between Giannis. So that's you know it, it comes down to that. I mean it's just that's a simple situation. No, you probably somebody might want to throw Tatum into the mix, okay? Uh, you know, but he's got a cohort, Ryan, who Brown, who might somebody want to throw. So that would be the case, and then you could have a real interesting discussion about that as to who you think would be deserving of the award in the Western Conference. There, I mean, there isn't any choice. I you mean, know, it's the Joker. I mean, you know, how come good on. do you
1: think he? How good do you think he is, the Joker? I, I think mean, he's compared- just a
4: really terrific all-around basketball player he's not the the greatest athlete that's going to jump out of the gym that's going to do the things that Giannis does out there and even MB for his size the stuff he does you know but he is so good at what he does and he understands the game a great passer can shoot the three shoot the mid-range go in the post shoot with the right and the left hand I mean he's just a really well-rounded player who understands how to play the game and he's incredibly valued to the success of the Denver Nuggets no question about it but now why the NBA doesn't do what I just mentioned it makes no sense first of all you get some more money because you'll get another sponsor for the MVP of the conference. My God, what the hell are they thinking about? I mean, yeah. what, what other sport does this? The NFL has what? MVP of the NFL, right?
1: MVP yeah. of AFL. the year, offensive I mean,
4: player, all that. Thank you. I mean, give me a break. This is just the dumbest thing ever. And I hear all these talking heads arguing about this. I say, what are you guys talking about? No MVP for the season for the whole league. It's not even fair because you're not playing the same schedule at all. Crazy. Makes no Look,
1: sense. Who's the greatest 76er center? Well, Malone?
4: If you want to have an argument about who's the greatest center of all time, you shouldn't even compare decades. Just you know, take them for their time frame. I mean, but even if you were to go beyond that, how do you pick anybody? I mean, I saw Kendrick Perkins, who all of a sudden has become this great you know, guru of basketball. Kendrick Perkins we're talking Ooh. about here, folks. Okay? <laughs> And Kendrick Perkins listed some teams about the best top center. He didn't have Will Chamberlain on his list. I mean, how the hell can you be on television professing to know this game and saying this is this and this is this, talking as if that he's the last resource that you can have to understand pro basketball and he doesn't have Will Chamberlain listed? Come on, that's a joke. There is nobody who will ever do what Will Chamberlain did in his career. No one. And so but take him for his era and then take Shaq, the most dominant place during his era. That's what it should be about. And then this thing about the goat. I go over this all the time. I'm, I get sick having to talk about it. There's no such thing as a GOAT. Back when I played, that was the guy that screwed up. Now it's the greatest of all time. Right. Well, how do you compare Steph Curry, Magic Johnson, LeBron James? You could just name a whole bunch of great people to Wilt Chamberlain. You can't compare a center to a guard, to a power forward, to a small. You just can't do that. It's not right because the skills required to play each position are different. So, if you want to have a great discussion and be able to have a really good debate about something, pick them by positions and then choose them from the, their decades. And then get the decades. And then, if you want to have a discussion, well, who do you think? Well, you think it's better with Wilt and his decade, better than Shaq, and here, then you can have a discussion about it. But just look at what the man did. I needed 22.5 rebounds a game for his average for his entire career.
1: the one that gets me is 50 and 25 for a season. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah,
4: well, 50 (laughs) points a game for an entire NBA season? Score 100 points in one game? And 25 scores. Oh, well, the teams and the talent wasn't that good. Wait a second. Tell me that there was as many really outstanding centers – in the league now, as opposed to back then, when you're talking to talk about Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell and Nate Thurmond and Walt Bellamy and Willis Reed, you're talking about some of the great centers of all time who battled each other on a regular basis. And you're going to tell me that you know the players back then weren't as good as the guys that are playing today? Come on,
1: you, you know, Elijah want would rip reality. this league apart. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy
4: that they have these discussions, and I go absolutely nuts when I have, you know, I'm trying to listen to see what's happening and, you know, what's going on with all of this stuff. And I, I listen to the talking heads, and, you know, especially when the guys that are talking, you know, and weren't former players, and, and when I get on the, on calls with them and I tell them, I said, come on, what are you talking about? I said, but you never played the game on this level. You follow it. You do it. You should be lucky and thank God that you're getting paid to talk about a sport that you really don't know as much about as you think you do. I mean, your opinion isn't any more valid than any other fans' opinion out there. I'll listen to when a guy who's played the game talks to me about it because he's been there. He's experienced it. So, I mean, I love listening to Tim Legler and some of the opinions of some of the guys. I don't always agree with them, but I certainly take them more to heart and I give them the credibility because they experience what it was about. And they say, oh, don't give me, you didn't play the game card. Yes, I will play that. You didn't play the game
1: card because it's a valid play. I completely 100% agree with you, Rick. Who comes out of the East, Boston, Milwaukee, or Philly? Yeah, well,
4: that's what makes it interesting. I mean, any one of those teams can come out. It's just a matter of who is going to be healthy at the time, you know, and that's coming up quickly, and who's going to be playing the best basketball at that time. That's what it comes down to. Uh, Philly is, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, they went out on this road trip and, like, you know, Sacramento beat them, the Warriors beat them. I mean, you know. So that's not a good thing going into the playoffs. You really do want to be playing your best basketball. Same thing. The Celtics have been a little bit like this of late. They haven't been as consistent. Uh, Milwaukee seems to be the team that's you know a little bit more consistent. They've already won a championship. They have guys with experience. So all things factored, if they're healthy and everybody's healthy, it would be very difficult, I think, to, to bet against Milwaukee.
1: Rick, we're based in Philly, so I'm going to ask you this. What's going to be the number one problem or concern for you as they try to get out of the East, Doc Doc Rivers or James Harden?
4: Well, I'm not a big Doc Rivers fan. I mean, only because of the fact that the way he treated my, my teammate Clifford Ray. I mean, he, this is what he did to Clifford Ray as one of his assistant coaches, reprehensible, and he should be ashamed of himself. And so, I, I, unfortunately, that will impact me, so I'm not going to ever root for him because of that. Um, <laughs> you know, so I mean, seriously, I mean, it's I got it's, you. It's crazy. I mean, you just don't treat anybody that way. It's just it's wrong. And he's you think been so Doc fortunate, is two-faced. He's been so he's well, I, I don't think he's a man of his word. I mean, also I mean, from everything that I know that's transpired. So he's just been very fortunate to have to be on teams that had some amazing talent that he was able to get them to win. And to his credit, you know, you have to give him credit, obviously, for doing that. Um, but it's 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 just gonna come down to the execution. I mean, Harden's gonna be a big factor, obviously, for Philadelphia. I mean, he's got to play well. I, I think he needs to get you 18 to 25 points a game and get double digits in assists and, you know, play that type of a role for them. I think that's really important for them. You know, and Embiid has played, he's had an incredible year and he's a talented guy. I mean, he talked about guys that can do a lot of things and he's really taking this game to a whole new level. And they've got a nice supporting cast as well. But what it will come down to, Which team is going to be the better defensive team? Now, some people say, hey, you got to go with Boston. They're unbelievable. Well, Boston's defense has been sporadic, if if any, at best lately. And that's the problem with the Warriors, the same situation. Their Warriors defense has been atrocious. I mean, sometimes I don't even know what they're thinking about. I mean, it was almost miraculous to me that they won this last game against Minnesota <laughs> down by 20 something points. It was like it was like Jekyll and Hyde, two different teams showed up. You know, the second half, you know, thank God, Mr., you know, Dr. Jekyll showed up because Mr. Hyde reared his ugly head in the first half. And it was brutal. Uh, And they came away with winning it, but they're so explosive and they can do it. If they for somehow, some way, collectively as a team can get together and start playing some good defense, you you just can't win a championship if you're not playing good defense. Defense does not win championships. But you don't win a championship without being a good defensive team. You don't have to be the best, but you have to be a good one. I wish somebody would do the stats. I don't want to do it, look into it, but some it would be great to see. Look up and see if any team has won an NBA championship that wasn't at least in the top 10 defensively. I don't think there's been a team out of the top 10 that's ever won an NBA title.
1: Have you been shocked, Rick, by the way that James Harden's changed his game? No,
4: I'm proud of him.
1: Do you think he had a come-to-Jesus conversation? Rick, whatever, like whatever happened,
4: somebody got to him. He changed this game, and he he became a much more valuable player playing playing that way. But, again, he was given the freedom to be able to do the things that he did before when he played there back at, at, at uh, Houston. I mean, that was kind of crazy, dominating the ball for 20, 22 seconds. And, I, you know, it was kind of crazy to have to watch all that stuff. And then his biggest problem has been his inconsistency, especially with his three-point shooting come playoff time. You know, you look at his stats during the regular season and then his stats in the playoffs. And if you really want to be, I think, looked upon as one of the great players, you got to perform in the playoffs. You know, it's one thing to play well during the regular season. It's another thing to play in the playoffs when the games mean a whole lot more. But to his credit, he has made a definite uh, change in his game uh, to the better. I'm happy to
1: see that. Rick, what ring means more to you? Hall of Fame? ABA? nba championship
4: well there's there's only you only play for one thing winning a championship okay the, the greatest basketball is played in the nba and so to me and it's not taking anything away from the hall of fame or from the top 50 great honors i mean you know super i you know, never even thought about stuff like that i never thought about the, you know that i'd be lucky enough to be on a championship team but that was my goal it was like all about the top to 20
1: players of all time. What do you mean? It was, so it it was wanting,
4: to, wanting to be a champion, Dan. That's what it's all about. I agree. And so, the, you know, really, I'm serious. I mean, it's that's the whole thing. Winning the championship was what I played for, winning the championship. I, here's how I equate it. Take a birthday, you know, you, all the decorations that go on a birthday cake, right? Candles and all this wonderful stuff they decorate it with with the icing and stuff and, you know, cherries and all the other wonderful. Take all of those and put them on a plate with no cake. Sometimes, depending how it's laying there, it could be a big freaking mess, right? (laughs) Right? Okay? And then having the cake is the most important thing. And so, fortunately, I have a lot of things, adornments, to put on a cake, the individual things that I was able to accomplish. But the most thing I'm most proud of is having that damn cake to put those things on.
1: (laughs) A couple last questions for you. Rick, who comes out of the West? Uh, Well, I mean, Denver, I think, is the best team. Do you think the Suns, with
4: now the news that – Well, it all um, depends what happens. It all depends. Health. You know, what's going to happen with KD? He hurt himself warming up. I actually sent something to Adam Silver because there's a technology out there to be able to see wet spots on the floor and be able to help correct them and get them dried off and all. I don't know what they're doing with it. But, obviously, that would have been a great thing to have had prior to KD going out in warmups and hurting himself. Uh, If he comes back and plays at a high level, I mean, he has had a lot of time to play with those guys and see how it's going to, you know, all mesh together. So we'll have to see. But if he plays at the level that he's capable of playing at, obviously they become a major factor because he's a hell of a player and he's got some pretty darn good players around him to be able to have a chance to win. But based upon as it stands right now, it would be very difficult, I think, to pick anybody other than the Denver Nuggets to be able to win. And everybody's talking about Sacramento and what have you. But it's the same thing with Sacramento. They're the highest scoring team, most proficient team offensively. And somebody said something in the last 60-something years. Seriously, that's, I mean, that's how how efficient they've been. But it's ironic. it's ironic to me because Brown is known to be the defensive guy, right? That's why the Warriors had him for his defense. So he goes up to Sacramento. Now they're the top offensive team. So we obviously had some of that Warriors stuff rub off on them, and it's worked really well. But they're not a good defensive team. You'll see where they rank defensively. So how you pick them to possibly win a championship with them being so porous on defense, you can't expect to outscore the opponent. If you're giving up 115, 20 points or more to a team on a regular basis, that's hard to do because offense is this. Defense could be this. Steady. Keep you in the game. So, uh, And the lack of experience there. I mean, I, I know what it was like the first time I played. I mean, I, the thing I learned in my first experience in my, <clears throat> in my second year in the league was that you have to control your emotions because you can get so worked up about the game and so hype, ready to play and do it. It really saps your energy. You have to learn how to, how to modulate and how to control that. And so, you know, I I think that's a negative for Sacramento, but congratulations to what you know, coach Brown has done with that team. And, you know, my, 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 one of my my best player that I have had playing in the big three coaching in the big three, you know, is Leandro Barbosa, who's an assistant coach there. What a great guy. So I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Mike. And, and for Sacramento, because they were always Warriors fans, and they were great Warriors fans. I used to go up there a lot, you know, when I was playing with the Warriors to see some of the fan base and some of the functions they had. So I wish them well. They may wind up playing, you know, against the Warriors in the first round, which would be very interesting. But I don't see right now either them or the Warriors, if they play the defense they've been playing, to be able to win the championship. I, I just don't see that happening.
1: Rick, my Canes, are Canes, yeah. if they can win it. Yeah.
4: Hey, here's the thing. They play tough defense. I mean, what a what a comeback in the second How about half! Them
1: wearing them down defensively, thirteen the
4: points, thirteen points in the second half. They really get after people defensively. Uh, I mean, you know, Jim's done a, Larinaga's done a terrific job yes. with them. They push it and they get up the floor. They're, they play a little unselfishly. Actually they did and I thought, you know, Paku had that great game, and then the next game they still wound up winning and come from behind with him not having a very good game and taking just. Terrible shots, I thought. But man, you want to talk about something? How about Miller stepping up the game? He had the only second time in the history of the NCAA tournament. Guy goes perfect for the field and perfect for the free throw line. But I tell you, what bore him by heart so much, making all those free throws, man, they meant something. Yes, sir. I was so proud of those guys. Omir what an interesting guy he is. And they don't have size. You know, they kind of remind me of John Wooden's team back in 65 and 70, it was in 60, 65 in college when they had Freddie slaughter cool hazard, was, guys. Yeah. But Freddie slaughter was the starting center at six, six, you know, but their defense was so good. And they full court pressed and they had Keith Erickson and the other guys around the team. And, and this kind of reminds me of that. They, you know, and, and, you know, Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong, who was the ACC play, uh, player of the year uh, you know, popular. I mean, all those guys have stepped up to do the job and that's what it takes. It takes other people sometimes to step up like Pack was struggling. Well, Miller stepped up and had a huge game and they're a good basketball team on both ends of the court. And I'll tell you, you know, Kentucky, I mean, uh, uh, UConn better be ready because they're going to come at you. They're going to push it at you and they're going to play tough defense. And I'm really looking forward to seeing that game and how it plays out. And I'm, I'm pulling for them and see if they can, they've already gone further than any team has ever gone in the NCAA tournament. And so hopefully they'll get a chance to get in that finals game, but, a very impressive victory, and I'm really proud of the way that they played because they could have folded ten easily. Thirteen down, second right. half. I mean, but no, they just came out and just stuck it to them and did such a terrific, terrific job. Uh, yeah, really proud, really proud of the Canes and what they did.
1: Um, your birthday yesterday, Rick. I mean, you, you, you're, you're still so, you're, you're, you I mean, Ice Cube says that you're st- like still one of the best coaches. For the big three, you're all over the place. You he said that. Football. So does that mean? Does that
4: mean? Did you? Did he tell you he was going to hire me again? And I haven't found what out.
1: What I, well, he brought your name up. He's in Australia right now on the tour, and okay. so well, I, that, I, I said, "Well, I said, well that's other day hey, supposed to, that, come
4: on. that's that's encouraging to me because I'm trying to plan my summer, you know, because you got a coach well, on hold the Hold on,
1: Rick. When I text him tonight, I'm going to go like this: Hey, you know my um, one of my one of my dear friends, Rick Barry. You know, hey man, he's got to try to. He's got a pickleball tournament he wants to, um, he wants to maybe uh, schedule or reschedule. Well, well, actually, know? actually. Oh, I'm going to send you a text tonight.
4: Well, well, Cube doesn't even know it, but I, I'm going to show him something that I think is going to be really cool for him and all of his rap friends and stuff. A really cool thing with a company I'm doing some stuff with that could be utilized in the big three as well. So I'm really looking forward to getting to talk to him about that. But I haven't heard whether or not I'm, you know, being offered a chance to coach again. I hope I am because I really enjoyed it and I love it. It's great to be able to see Dr. J and Gary Payton and, Doc, and you know, George Gervin and all the other guys, coaches, and a lot of the former players, you know, guys I never played against, but I certainly watched them play. But the coaching, you know, a lot of those guys, I did play against some of those guys and I had great respect for them. So I hope it works out uh, to do that, but I'm really looking forward to talking to Cube. He's a great guy. I really like him a lot as a person.
1: Absolutely. Rick. Happy birthday, Delated. Thank you so much for doing this. Hey, I so remember,
4: everybody, you can go to GoSleeves.com. The code is RB24, GoSleeves.com. Amazing compression sleeves with Kinesio tape built into them. And medicileaf.com. M-E-D-I-C-I-L-E-A-F.com. Same thing, code RB24. I live every day with these cannabinoid products and stuff that we have. Absolutely fabulous. They got a great sleep product. It's, yeah, it's really cool stuff. Again, RB24 is the code, com and GhostSleeves.com.
1: Rick, I need one more of these because I'm going to Oh, yeah, baby. It. Here we go. Get, get you... It up. Up. There you go right there. There you go right there. Perfect right there. Rick, I love you, man. Thank you so much. We'll catch up again. I am going to send you a text. Thank you, Rick.
4: See you, guys. Take care. You're Bye,
2: everybody.
1: The legendary Rick Berry. We'll reset. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
6: My name is uh, Fran Solano, and I'm a Managing Director here at DelVale Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
1: I mean, I like catching up with guys sometimes taking it off the reservation a little bit, like my friend Rick Barry. We'll take it back into football here. We'll get back into the mock draft here. Reset at the top of the hour here, but um, he's one of the top 20 players in the history of the sport. See, I don't like going to Scribes, if you notice. I like guys who did it. There's some sports writers – and there's some journalists that I have an affection for. But most of the time I go to guys who did it. Guys who were on the floor, guys who were on the ice. Sometimes I post a picture of Bobby Orr in my, I mean, who better to sit and watch a game with, guy who covers it, or Bobby Orr? Those are my friends. Those are the guys that I like. That's probably why one of the reasons, as some of the media folks have always been, because I've never been really friendly to the media guys. So I kind of get what Gardner Johnson, I kind of get it, okay? I get it a little bit why he's angst at them. See, Gardner Johnson's comments um, are more aimed because, I guess, the Philly media was always looking for something, and now what they've done is they're trying to create a narrative. Not everybody, but they're trying to create a narrative that Gardner Johnson wasn't the best teammate. Because why else wouldn't he have stayed? Money, money, that's it. And then there's this, like, where did anybody from the Eagle organization say that they offered him less? Where? My opinion, from what I'm understanding, that he's been offended by the market and length of contract, not the money. It was the length of the contract's. I think Denver offered him a year. I think that's the problem. It was the the length of these contracts. You see, because you know what they're saying? You know what's crazy? How many people think that Gardner Johnson's a one-year wonder? Let me ask you this. How many people think that Gardner Johnson's a one-year wonder? Okay. How many people think he's a one-year wonder? There's no reason to rip Gardner-Johnson. Yale, I don't either. Okay? Calvin, not me either. Not me. Nicholas goes, I think so. Well, Nicholas, are you applying that to Hertz then too? Are you applying that to Hertz? How do you know Jalen's not a one-year wonder? How do you know Hertz is not going to have the career like Wentz? So you apply it when you feel it fits to your narrative. That's the kind of – and, Nicholas, I'm not picking on you. I'm not picking on you at all. I'm just saying that's what certain media people think. They're going to give Jalen and not have a conversation about one year of playing football where he had a great year. One year doesn't make you an elite quarterback, okay? It does not. Does he show skill set of maybe potentially being an elite guy? Yes. But to sit there and say a one-year player is an elite ball, he wasn't that hot the year before. He was okay. Shit, I saw the guy Jacoby Brissett do a nice job in Indianapolis one year. I saw Tyrod Taylor go to the Pro Bowl. I saw Teddy Bridgewater go to the Pro Bowl in Minnesota before he got his knee blown out. How do you know he's not one of those guys? Where in the world would you apply that Gardner Johnson could be a one-year wonder, but then you look at Hertz and go, he's a $50 million guy. That doesn't apply. Oh, I see. It applies to one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay, right. Yeah, they're dogging Gardner Johnson because he didn't want to come back. Well, Neither did five other free agents. Howie and the Eagles made it clear at the owners' meetings. So, like I said, they never offered Gardner Johnson more money because Howie said, we had a budget. These are his words. Not the media people who are looking for access to get in into care Center so they can have a key fob. That's the only reason you would throw that out is because you're you're looking for favor of the Eagles and how you cover it. That's not how you cover a team. That's the way most teams today. Look at Jim Trotter. You guys know who Jim Trotter is? He's a friend of mine. Jim Trotter is an old school NFL guy. And Jim Trotter, that dude... Has no guardrails. Jim Trotter's going to tell you. i'll give you I'll give you a story on Jim Trotter. When I said that uh, comment in two thousand and twelve on the air in Tampa, you know who the first guy to call me was? Jim Trotter. What did you mean by that, monkeys? Jim, man. funny, my aunt said it to me the other day. Man, we use that in our house, like for our kids and such, and the little monkey guys, like our nephews. was it anything great, had nothing to do with it. But I get, I, I get it. I'm not saying, hey, look, I'm not, I'm not validating or, I'm not. I should never have said that. It was a mistake. I can't say it enough, and I refuse to anymore. However, I'm telling you a Jim Trotter story. Jim Trotter called me up and goes. I go, Jim, it was a terrible mistake. You know me, man. You know the people that know me, the true people that know me. He goes, that's why I'm calling you. He goes, what did the NFL guys say? I go, well, Daryl Talley's laughing at me. Um, uh, what? Wh- wh- one of the guys, Jonathan Vilma, called me up. No, he left a voicemail laughing at me. Silly, old, what a dummy. <laughs> I'm going, ugh. Shit, Eagles go double-tied in because Jalen – not a bad idea. I like it. So Trotter calls me up and goes, I just wanted to know. Jared Bell, too, you know, who comes on the program. And by the way, these guys aren't friends of mine because they're black. They're friends of mine. But they get held to a different standard. Here, Jim Trotter questioned the commissioner at the NFL owner meetings. They fired him. They fired Jim Trotter for questioning the league and diversity. I thought the league was trying to get into a place where they're trying to help minorities. You fire one of the most esteemed reporters for questioning that process and practice. Solid. You see, the league likes to go after and pretend that they're racially open to quality. They're not. They're not. Best thing to me is that Magic Johnson and all other people, personally, I think the Washington commander should be owned by a complete black ownership, not by a figurehead. There should be four black owners. Guy who owns BET, the Weather Channel guy, Magic. That's where you really get it going. You fire Jim Trotter. Really? You you guys probably don't even know the story. Jim Trotter is a very respected guy. And he's a no shit guy, man. He's laid into me. For saying stupid shit on the air. But I respect him. Started asking too many questions about Brian Flores and ownership with the Dolphins, and ownership in Washington. Kept drilling him. NFL Network gave him his pink slip the next day. Diversity. You know, it's one thing to be a black athlete in this country today got to remember, too, the journalists, too. You know, back in the day, they used to not be able to go to the press boxes, and they had to put their typewriters on their legs and sit down in the stands to cover the game. <laughs> Those guys have a history, too. You know, we're here for, hey, kneeling, and then, and then you go like this. Don't do that again, because if you do that again, it hurts the cash register, and you're freaking out. Kelly Kaepernick was given $20 million of FU money to go away. And he did. It gave him $20 million to go away. <laughs> you fired Jim Trotter. You fired Jim Trotter. What a disgrace. Absolutely. I want to reset my mock draft. Ton of NFL news. I want to talk a little bit more about trading out of that 10th pick for the Eagles, also. A little more on the CJ. I want to reset that. God, man, look at this. I haven't even hit on Mahomes. Mahomes has got issues right now. And I'm going to tell you what those are, too, because that's not going to be the same team. Hour number three hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
2: Go to get your game on.
3: Nesson Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
4: Heading down the shore. The Have a ball once more.
5: Here, imaginations run wild and times stand still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods
3: bye
6: My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at Vale Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
7: Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia Dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
1: Hour number three appreciate everybody coming aboard tomorrow i think we're finally getting phil sims on too working on chris sims i want to get his spin on what he thinks of jalen real quick before we get into resetting a little bit on gardner johnson also i want to reset my mock draft because we kind of had to stop there with rick berry so hopefully you guys um, can hit the like button. We appreciate it. I want to say this before we move on here. So it looks like the Brooklyn Nets have shut down Ben Simmons. Um, I want to be careful here. You know why? This guy's got mental health issues. Sitting here banging on him. I don't think that's cool. If he never plays again, so what? I thought about this. Oh, this guy's a quitter. He took money, did. What about when the gymnast decided to quit on her team? Funny. We look at the gymnast. What's her name? Who quit on her team in the Olympics? And she cited mental, mental health. Okay. By the way, I'm not ripping her. Simone Biles. Oh, mental health. And by the way, I'm not saying this on her. I'm doing this mental health. She needs a break. She's going through some things. She's one of the most acclaimed Olympic athletes in American history. Okay. Okay. Still one of the most acclaimed. Ben Simmons was the number one overall player selected. Rookie of the year. All defensive team. Got a massive contract. The elite of the elites. You understand you get these max deals if you make all, like, NBA first team defense and offense. Or first three teams, is it? Is how you get those max deals? Easy to bang on him. Just saying this, well, Simone Biles, she quit too. But we had more empathy for her. Why? Because she's a woman? That's sexist. If women want their sport covered like men,
2: go to get your game on.
1: At the end of the day, they've got to be covered like men. And so we, ha- we, we, we pick and choose so much how we go here by the way it's not a rip at her because if she needs mental health that's for her that's her call no problem man i got a problem with that somebody's depressed lane johnson steps away from the game for mental health depression so you look at lane why because lane plays tough he's great he's but you don't like Ben because Ben is what? He chases Instagram. So what? He's not mature. He never was. You should have saw that in your recruiting process when he was at LSU. Where he couldn't even take that team to the NCAA play. You should have saw it then. That's, like, that's a Philadelphia 76er thing. Dude, you drafted the wrong guy. Yeah, selective morality. Oh, Lane. Simone, Ben, you're a dick. Okay. Just, I try to treat people fairly. I'm not talking Ben, the basketball player here. I'm talking Ben, the kid, the man. He's, what is he, 26? I'm not making excuses for him, but you make excuses for other people. You make excuses for Simone Piles and Lane Johnson. When they're struggling with depression, oh, I see those guys all perform. This guy, he really didn't. Well, he kind of did. He got his deal. But you shit on him. Guys got the same issues. That's the shit that bugs me the most in my profession. You'll pick and choose a dude to take a crap on, but if someone else does the same thing but you have empathy for, you'll coddle that. Not me. That's why maybe sometimes I get in more trouble than others. Because I see people for who they are and what they are, or what I cover. I don't know these people from of Paints, nor do you. But you somehow think you know Lane more than you know Ben Johnson or um, Ben Simmons. Come on, man. Yelp thinks that Ben used mental health as a cop-out. Okay, so did Simone Biles then. Why'd she even go? You want to go down that road, Yale? Well, I think I think Simone Biles, I think she copped out too then. Do I really think that? No. I think she just, she made a decision, a personal decision. All these guys and all these girls make personal decisions in their life at the moment. And you got to learn to live with that. So, I mean, again, hey, watch this. Now, if you want to have a conversation about Ben Simmons, the hoop player, that's a different thing. Did he fail? Did he suck? Did he not work at his... All that is true. That is all true. But then when you start adding mental health, who are you to say that? You think you use it as a cop-out, okay? That's an observation from afar from you from 35,000 feet. But it's okay. By the way, I hope I'm not coming off like some preacher or some moralist because I'm not. (laughs) Hey, I I don't don't want to be preaching to anybody because the worst person on the planet to listen to is someone that preaches to you. All I've ever tried to be is fair. Okay. All I've ever tried to be is fair. That's it. Okay. And how you cover. People don't cover me the same as they cover Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel. Those guys could do blackface and embarrass themselves. I make a mistake, people look at me, and I learned that lesson a long time ago. They don't give a shit, nor do half the people that even watch me now. They've made their own assessment, not knowing me from a can of paint. I got like a, I got like a square circle of people in my life. I keep it that way for a reason. So when people make an assessment on me, that's why most athletes do. This is getting to Gardner Johnson here in a minute. Keep it small, because you know why? When someone goes, that guy's a jackass. How would you know? You don't know me. And you don't know people that know me. Can I share something with you guys right now? You'll be the first to know. Tony, you want to hear this? Watch this yell. Prior to coming on the air today, A guy called me from the Florida Sports Hall of Fame and told me in June that I have to go to an event to meet the board of directors because they're thinking of putting me in the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. I was like this. He's been texting me all day. I've known the guy a long time. He's executive director of it. And I said, Well, you know what people are going to do. They're going to call and they're going to start tweeting and texting and emailing you that you're putting a racist in the Hall of Fame. He goes, Dan, I know who you are. And I said, Barry, you do. He goes, Don't worry about that shit. I said, Thank you. I go, When you've been on the air as long as I have, over 35 years, you're going to say some things, you're going to ruffle some feathers. And I was taken back, even to be considered. It's not the football. Sp- My hand thought it was the football Hall of Fame. No, it's the Florida sports. The guy who I had on the last hour, Rick Berry's in it, Corso's in it, Bob Hayes, Wilbur Marshall, some of the greatest athletes in the history of Florida. True honor, man. It's humbling. Absolutely, yell I'll let you know. But here, here, here's the thing, guys. My wife said this. You want to start making these Hall of Fames? Okay? You, Hey, you got to get off your ass and out of the Dan Cave. That even goes with Jacob Sports, too. I got to get out of the Dan Cave, man. Warren Sapp's in that bitch too. Yes, he is. Okay? <laughs> hey man Just thought it was It's something that I'm, I'm, I'm definitely bringing my aunt My kid and my wife too. So that's in June Father's Day weekend How cool is that? You're the first to know Been quite a journey Quite a journey Okay I want you to do me a favor, all of you guys, do me a favor, okay? Close your eyes for a second. And can you picture the Eagles running out of the tunnel into Kelly Green? Can you see them running out of the tunnel in that Kelly Green? Dude, I thought that was the best uniform in the NFL. I'm sorry. The Birds logo is dope. OK, it's dope. It is. I love the I love the eagle feathers and I, lo- I love it on the helmet. But that Kelly Green, man. OK. Think about that, man. Close your eyes. and Running out of the tunnel at Lincoln Financial. Hey, by the way, did they ever run out of the tunnel in Lincoln Financial with the Kelly Greens? Or were the were the were the Kelly Greens at the vet? When's the last time the Eagles wore the Kelly greens? I mean, have they ever been at Lincoln financial? Vet. So the Kelly's have never come out of the tunnel. Tone says, Oh my God, that place is going to go. That place is going to explode. Okay, because I'll tell you one thing that I I do give you guys. Watch this. Watch this, man. I give you guys Michael Vick's crew more than more, more than once, I believe. Let me tell you one thing that I give you guys massive kudos for. You have a great reverence and you have a great passion for your history of your team. You have a tremendous love of that I'll tell you something. I'm going to give you a couple of the teams around the United States and NFL that I think are community teams. And what I mean by that is their civic pride. The Eagles are civic pride. That's a civic pride team. You have great pride in that team, good or bad, if they're winning or losing. you got civic pride in that team. That team represents you. Okay? Chicago. I believe those fans, I believe those fans love that Bears team. That's great civic pride for that Chicago team. I think the Steelers are in that conversation. Okay? I think the Steelers are there. I think you'd be shocked on this one. I think Green Bay's there. I think the 49ers. 49ers love that team. Used to play at Kezar Stadium. Dude, you go to you go to San Francisco. San Francisco loves that 49er team. Now, I don't hey hey Niner fan. I'm gonna say this to you. Gary Radnich is my dear friend. And he helped me in my broadcasting career at KMBR when I was on the air in KGO there. It's kind of lost its punch because they're down in Santa Clara now. So they're they're down there. They're not really a San Francisco football team any longer. Because when they were a candlestick. And they were right next to SFO. People loved go- dude. The coldest summer I ever spent was at Candlestick Park. Bill's Mafia 285. Eagles, Bill Mafia, all that shit, man. Okay. The Bears man- do you go to Chicago and you go into Soldier Field? First, first time I went into Soldier Field. I thought about all the great teams and Red Grange and all that bullshit. Butkus. I know the Bears played a lot of games at Wrigley, but they played at Soldier Field too. I remember walking in there going, man, Butkus played in this bitch. And the fans are the same fans generationally. I bet you Tone's dad, his granddad, his granddad, they're all Eagle fans. Los Angeles, you ain't got that shit there like that. That's not a fan base. That's a want-to-be-seen fan base. I think the Dolphins shit, too, is a little like that. I think Miami's like that. It's trendy. There are certain places that have trendy. Miami, L.A., those are trendy. New York, to some extent. Well, Giant fans. Giant fans, when I was a kid, Giants' tickets used to be willed. To family member, you couldn't buy a giant ticket. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if um, the Giants tickets are that way now, but there was a point like when Robostelli played. My family member, Giants tickets were willed. You couldn't go up to the game and buy Giants tickets. It was impossible. I mean, they put like five thousand tickets out a year or some shit like that, and um, the tickets would just get bought up. I don't. I don't know how that is with the eagle fans i mean is there a waiting list for eagle tickets i don't know that i i mean that's something i would like to know if there's a, if there's a waiting list for eagle tickets because there used to be for new york giants tickets if we make the super bowl oh the kelly green's got to be on what are you nuts maurice there's <clears throat> there's a waiting list for um there's a waiting list for the Eagle fan, eagle tickets? I didn't know that. 85 goes, if and hate baseball. Dude, I grew up a Yankee fan. I didn't become a football fan until later in my life. I, I mean, I, I played in Cape Cod. I went to Alaska. I went to the Show Me Baseball camp. I went to Duffy Bass's baseball camp in Illinois at normal, like Illinois State. I got I got recruited. Bobby Valentine, I've had him on. He told you. They sent me up to the Cape Cod League. I was going to play baseball. I wasn't going to play football. Yeah, hey, no, Yale. I grew up baseball, man. Hated the Red Sox. The Mets I tolerated. I never told anybody. And I keep it a secret to this day. Well, when the Yankees were renovating the stadium and they had to play at Shea, I snuck in. Went to that shitbox, box Shea Stadium. What a shitbox. box! It's closer to my home though, Stanford. But we used to go down to we used to go down to Shea, We went to Shea. Good. What Seaver and Carlton pitch? Hey, you want to know what sports was back then? When the Phillies brought in Carlton, they already won twenty five ball games, and you had Seaver on the hill. You're like this. Game's over two minute, two hours and five minutes. Right, Jay Johnstone. Here, watch this Maddox with the big afro, Jay Johnstone, Dalton, Boa, Schmidt, Lazinski, McCarver. Didn't McCarver catch Carlton only? Am I right when I say that? That McCarver caught Carlton every time Carlton pitched. I thought it was something like that. That every time he pitched, McCarver caught him. Yeah, Boone was on that team. That was a... Dude, it was the Dodgers and the Phillies and the Cardinals that were all in that, like, man, and the Reds. Pirates. Shit, baseball was so amazing as a kid. You had the Mets who were good. Kuzman and Seaver. Anyway, Carlton. The Phillies were good. The Cardinals were good. Remember, remember that guy, Ted Simmons? Shit, then they, they had um, Keith Hernandez, and then he went over, Pop Stargell and Dave Parker were in right. God, man, I grew up, I love, there wasn't a bad game of the week. Baseball today, I don't know. Nothing like that, man. Big red machine. Watch this, 11. Big red machine. Rose, Morgan, Foster, Bench, Perez, Griffey, Concepcion, Geronimo, and Don Gullett on the Hill with Zachary closing. Is, is that the big red machine? Gullett was the ace. Zachary was the closer. Pedro Barbone was on that team. Okay, Davey Concepcion, man, that Reds team. That's the best lineup I've ever seen in my lifetime. You, Hey, how much money? Boy, I can't believe we've gone off the rails here a little bit. How much money do you think that big red machine, if you had to pay that big red machine? Okay, yeah, how much? Watch this. What would Rose make today? What would Joe Morgan make? Two-time MVP. What would Bench make? 290, 48 homers, 140 RBIs. Foster hit 51 bombs one year. Holy cow, what would Griffey make? You couldn't keep that team together. It'd be a $600 million payroll. It'd be a $600 million payroll. Shit, you couldn't keep and, and and Schmidt on the team. Schmidt today... You're going to try to tell me you think Nolan Arenado is a better ball player than Mike Schmidt? I don't know. I don't know. Could you imagine Mike Schmidt playing in Coors Field for the first half of his career? How many homers do you think Mike Schmidt would hit at Coors Field? A <laughs> hundred? He played at the vet. One of the hardest home run parks in all of baseball. Okay? Could you imagine Mike Schmidt at Coors Field? Holy cow, he did 100 home runs. Anyway, let me get back and let me reset. First, let me get to the C.J. Gardner stuff. I said this at the top of the program, and I want to do it again. Uh, Hey, Joseph, right? You'd have to back the Brinks truck up for that big red machine, man. You know, I mean, the Yankees went out and bought – they, they ended the big red machine. Actually, probably the Dodgers did. Or how about, hey, hey Joseph, how about the Dodger lineup where they had all them 30 home run guys, Davey Lopes, Dusty Baker, Reggie Smith? Who was the other guy? Garvey. There were four dudes. Oh, Ron Say, there were five guys. Holy cow, Say hit 30. Baker hit 30. Lopes hit 30. Garvey hit 30. Were there five guys on that team that hit 30 home runs that year, that Dodger team? I think the Phillies played him in the NLCS. Yacht goes, Seals, you have to hear CJ Gardner out. He was venting to you. bro. I, I saw that. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said this about Gardner Johnson, Yacht. Okay. I said this about him. I get it. We were Tone and I were talking about this prior to, to the show starting. Man, I do it too. I can't let shit go. I can't let shit go, man. You know? You do me wrong. There's always certain dudes, man, that you circle. I got a guy in Philadelphia that I just can't stand. Because he's the he's a bull faced liar. Look at me. He's just t- a terribly human. But it happened a hundred years ago. I still can't let it go. And and, and God bless Joe Kraus, and I love him to death. And he, he goes, why are you punching down? Why, it, you, you've won. It's kind of Gardner Johnson. Dude, you've won. You got your money. Not exactly the length of contract you probably wanted, because I'm with you guys on this. Watch this one year again so you had one year remaining on your deal in Philly now you're back to another one-year deal which means this the league doesn't believe they they do believe because they're paying you six million with incentives on eight they do believe you're a star a future star player they just want to see you do it again That's what the Lions and every other team in the NFL, including the Eagles, said to him. Okay, and he had an ass with that. Well, Hoss, I think intercept leading the league in interceptions. I I I think it's a lucky thing. I think that's a you know that turnover ratio stat. I think that's a lot of luck. I think the two things you can count on always, if you're good against the run, and you're a good pass rush, a good pass rushing team. Those are the two things that are sure. But that differential in turnovers, I think there's a lot of luck involved. Okay? Because you traditionally don't see a team every single year leading the league in turnover differential. A lot of that is luck. And so when you look at Gardner Johnson's six picks, by the way, I'm with Seth. I think he's a fabulous player or fabulous talent. I'm with you still six interceptions led the NFL in interceptions. Hush, you may have one this year too. What what are people going to say? You had a down year. I don't think you can gauge a player on, on interceptions. I think you got to gauge a player on how he plays in a scheme. That's why when I say this about Slay and Bradbury, my only problem And by the way, I do agree with how he's going to do. They're going to try to plug and play guys. That scheme's not going to change. Sean Desai is going to run the same defense that Gannon ran. There's going to be no deviating from it. Maybe a couple situational pass rushing, maybe some more blitzing. But I think they're going to play the same. You know why? They figured out a formula to how to use those corners. Those corners are not traditional like new England court cornerbacks. They're not corners. Like you see everywhere else, like sauce, guard- like those guys aren't sauce Gardner. They don't have to be. They're being asked to play center field. They're not man coverage guys. Again, that's why Matt Patricia gave up on him. Matt Patricia gave up on Darius Slay in Detroit because he's, Matt looked at him like, well, he doesn't really play man covers very well. Well, when he got to Detroit, you know, he, he had a Pro Bowl year there. But when he got to Philly, they weren't asking him to do that. They were asking him to keep everything underneath. And he did. And he's had a really, he's had a fabulous career as an Eagle. Fabulous is fair. Two Pro Bowls, one all pro. I mean, shit. But the Eagles still were going to cut him. How many people believed that they weren't going to cut him? They were going to cut him. They were going to cut him for Gardner Johnson. Then they realized that Gardner Johnson, and to me, what I think went sideways with all of it was the rhetoric. This is why he's still barking. He's on my Twitter barking. Okay, he's on my Twitter barking. Because I think things were said to each other, the organization and the agency and the player, people got their panties bent. And I think that's where this is. I think there's a lot of venting that's still going to go on here. Because do I agree with Tone that Gardner Johnson wanted to stay in Philly? I do. Detroit, fine ball team. I think they got a good looking roster. I do. I think, I think they're going to be trouble, like I said in the first hour. I think they're going to be good. But, dog, I mean, <laughs> right? So here, I know it's going to be impossible for him to let go. He won't be able to. If I were Eagle fans, do you know what the number one way to aggravate people? And just so you know, I'll give you guys a little heads up on my Twitter. You know how I aggravate people most by not responding to you that aggravates people way more. And that's why they keep firing these. I'm not answering a tweet from a guy that has an egg and no face or four followers. Why? What's the point? You never see me answer on that. Sometimes sometimes, I never answered that. Never. Oh, you're you're right. You did, and I go, you don't know me. You look stupid posting that. Like, like the guy from Crossing Broad. Oh, so like having racist opinions. And what was the other stupid ass thing he said? Being fired from multiple jobs. I haven't been fired from multiple jobs. That's not true. Why well, respond? That's not true. I was never fired from Odyssey. Ever. <laughs> Let's see. Two jobs out of six that I've ever had. Two out of six. Believe everything. You've... What happened in Phoenix? I didn't want to move there. I said, forget it. Oh, show me a press release from my heart. There isn't one. Let's see. I know how he isn't good at drafting. Um, Again, he's eagle way. I think he's good at drafting in the latter rounds. But the next two seasons, we should fill the team through the draft to get rid of those one-year deals. It's what Tone said earlier and what is the right philosophy, in my opinion. Moving forward as you get into the April draft in a couple of weeks. He's got six picks. Look how many positions he has to fill here heading into the draft. Damn. I'll get to this. Look at look how many positions. Two safeties, two L, two LBs, at least two tackles defensively. For depth, and maybe a guy next to him. Probably need so there's four. You got four guys on defense. Well, I feel good with Juergens. Probably need another old lineman. Would they draft a running back in later rounds? Maybe not. How about another t- tight end? How about a third wideout? You lost Zach Pascal. So you roughly have to replace one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You got about nine guys you got to replace and you got to be cheap. What's the best what's the best formula for being cheap and upgrading talent? It's the draft. Okay? It's the draft. That's where you can upgrade your talent and get on them rookie contracts. What's up, my brother, Big Sills, listening at work. Will, thank you. Need a slot receiver? And I don't want to go veteran because that means I got to pay some dough. I'd rather go into the draft and get a kid in the third or fourth round. I know they don't have... The fourth rounder was used on Robert Quinn, right? So they don't have a fourth rounder right now. I think they got one, two... Well, they got two ones, two. They got one in the 60s, the 90s, and then I think it goes down three. Then I think it goes to, like, two sevens. They got six picks and two sevens. I'd package maybe those two sevens up to try to get me a sixth. See if I can get in that, move that up, because the closer I can get – I'd rather have, I the, the seventh round, again, Jordan mulata you always remember that. And when you're a drafter, you always remember, I did find Jordan Milata in the seventh round, dude. Okay, fair enough. I mean, right? Little one goes, Sills, who will you take at one of our first rounds? I think you trade out at a 10. If Jalen Carter's not there, Here's what's going to happen, though. Are you going to let B. John Robinson go to Dallas? Here, I'm going to take a timeout because I want to get back into this mock draft because I'm going to show you something here. I spoke to the Cowboys two days ago, and I'm going I'm I'm to tell you where they're going a little bit. And remember something. You always draft to defend teams you're playing in your division. That's how you build a title team. You're building your team to beat teams in your division. Not in the West, not in the North, not in the South. Nobody cares about the 49ers in the NFC East. Win your division first. All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
2: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit
3: when it comes to the fight against insurance companies large corporations and the healthcare industry injured victims are always the underdog but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215 568 3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
4: Heading down the shore. All the day.
6: My name is uh, Fran Solano, and I'm a managing director here at Del Vale Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
1: Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. I really appreciate it. P.S. Check it out. I'm only giving you guys exclusive. Let me make sure no numbers. P.S. 2023 Florida Sports Hall of Fame enshrinement is November 8th in Jacksonville. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't I, I I I I don't I won't believe it until I'm there. I won't. Let me in these last couple of minutes here, let me go through this mock draft here. Um Najee Harris went in the first round. You know why, Callie, that Najee Harris went in the first round? Because Derrick Henry didn't. Thank you, Yale. I'll need it. <laughs> So let me, let me let me just reset here. I got a mock draft, and it's kind of different here. Okay, watch this. I got Bryce Young at one, going to Carolina. C.J. Stroud going to the Houston Texans, two. Anderson going to the Arizona Cardinals at three. Will Levis going to Indianapolis, four. I got Anthony Richardson going to Seattle. At five. Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon, going to Detroit at six. Jalen Carter. Falling to seven. He's the second best player in the draft. It's a, that's a steal for the Raiders. Total Raider type of pick, too. Think this guy's overdrafted, but it's on the board at eight. To Atlanta. Ten Robinson, 30 branch. 62, Cam Smith. Like that kid. Tyree Wilson, Chicago 9. They covered an end. I got Miles Murphy here. Man, if Miles Murphy is there at 10, I'm out. Miles Murphy? How he does a better job at finding free agent pass rushers. Then he does it drafting them. Why would you draft an edge rusher when your success has been in free agency or trades? I'm out of that pick. If Wilson or Carter are there, I might, I might take them, but I need multiple picks. You know, it's funny. Keep, people keep bringing up the name, and I don't mean to um, disrespect the young man here. Jackson Smith. Jabba, is that how you say his name? Going to Tennessee, wide receiver. Eagles are not going to draft a wide receiver. They got their two guys. They're not going to draft a wide out. They're not. Tennessee needs one to replace AJ. The kid they got from Arkansas last year. Kind of hasn't happened, right? And Jigba, okay, thank you. Quentin Johnson, wideout. I think that's the TCU kid. You're going to draft a quarterback, and Stroud, you're going to get him some help. I'm not drafting any wide receiver from TCU. I can't think of one that's ever played that's been a star. I can't think of one guy that's come out of that school where you went. Man, that guy's a great wide out. I'm trying to think. Anybody? I know LaDania Tomlinson came out of there as a running back, but I'm, I'm trying to think. Any wide out you can remember from TCU? Man, I don't know. Right? Plus, it's the Jalen Rager factor. Skornosky. At 13 to the Jets, if you're the Jets, do you move back up into the first five picks to get a quarterback? If you're the Jets, do you move up if you don't land Rodgers? Or do you go and get Lamar Jackson? I can't think Baltimore would want to trade him in the conference still. He's a big dude, man, that guy from Northwestern. Smart. Smart. I got the kid, Paris Johnson, going to New England, OT. They need help for Mac Jones. Brian Breezy, Green Bay. They need interior D-line help. Broderick Jones to the Washington Commanders, OT, continuing to build that O line. Washington's going to be a very interesting football team. They're going to be interesting. Devon Witherspoon, 17 to Pitt. That's a perfect pick for Pittsburgh. You know why he's fallen? Because at 10, the Eagles were going to go corner. Well, they got both their corners back. They're pretty happy with them. And if they need anything, they'll go into the draft next year out of the SEC and get another corner next year. So that's why he's fallen like that. Went from 10 to 17. That's because they looked at the Eagles going, well, the Eagles would take the guy. Eagles don't aren't going to address that need, in my opinion, in the first pick, the 10th pick. Michael Mayer, the tight end. Detroit, they traded their tight end last year to Minnesota. Crazy move, but it worked out for both. Darnell Wright, offensive tackle, Buccaneers need massive help in the O-line. They need massive help at the quarterback position, too. Lucas Van Ness, Seattle, edge rusher, perfect guy for Pete Carroll at 20. I don't know how to say this guy's name, but I've been watching tape on him. S-I-A-K-I Ika, L.A. Chargers, defensive line. They need help in the interior. 22, Zay Flowers, wide out, Baltimore. Man, Baltimore, wide out. That'll change if Lamar leaves. Because then they're going to get two ones. The question will be, do you get two ones in the upcoming draft? Or are they going to be spread out this year and next year? So that's... that. Baltimore needs a wideout for Lamar, but if Lamar's not there, I'm not getting a wideout. They need defensive help. Jordan Addison, Minnesota wide receiver. Can you? Okay, so they're going to replace Adam Thielen with this guy, Addison. If I'm not mistaken, I think this Addison guy, didn't he win the Bolitnikoff award at Pitt? And then he transferred to Southern Cal. Is, it, is that the kid? He's a pretty good ball player. He's a pretty good ball player. I think that's a kid that was at Pittsburgh, won to Bolitnikoff, and then he transferred to Southern Cal. Nolan Smith, guess where? Jacksonville. So Doug Peterson is going to have Walker and Nolan Smith as his edge rushers. <laughs> hey, man. They're building something pretty damn good down there in Jacksonville. They're going to run that division for the next decade. They're going to put Nolan Smith, okay, on that Jaguar defense. Dude, the Jags are going to be a force. That's going to be a fun team to watch this year. They got my, hey, here I am on March 29th. And in the last year, I've never talked more Jags football In my entire broadcasting career, I don't remember talking this much Jaguars. Playoffs, Doug Peterson. Doug's changed the entire environment there. I mean, Doug is putting together a Hall of Fame career. If he could duplicate what Andy Reid is doing in Kansas City. Watch this. Was, 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 was. Andy, a Hall of Fame quarterback on what he, I mean, a Hall of Fame coach on what he did in Philadelphia alone. No, he wasn't. Andy Reid was not a Hall of Fame coach based on what he did in Philly. He was not. He was not. He's not better than Marty Schottenheimer. Now he is. Now, Now he is. Now he's won at multiple places. All these conference shit, man, Andy Reed, Andy Reed makes a living in conference championship games. <clears throat> well here, Yale. You think Andy Reed's better than Mike Holmgren? You think Andy Reed's better than Mike Shanahan? Khalif, can I see the commanders trading for Lamar? I th- I don't know until the the sale is done. I don't I don't I don't know if they would take that kind of. I don't I'm not I don't know. Andy Reid is better than Mike Holmgren. It's a pretty big statement. Deontay Banks, New York Giants, cornerback, twenty five. Dallas Cowboys. B. John Robinson. Bijan to the Cowboys. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> B. John Robinson and Tony Pollard. They got a better running game than you. They got a better running game. Than the Eagles. Well, Jalen's also a running back, so. But the O-line in Philly's better, so that's probably not a fair statement. Tone says, I just thought about this. The AFC is already loaded with former first-round prospects. Burrow, Mahomes, Herbert, Jackson. Now, there's a strong chance Stroud, Richardson, and Young go there as well. Can you imagine of all those? Right, look at that. And I, I I told you this, guys. It's a great comment, Tone. It's a great observation. I just told you guys this, too. Understand something. The NFC are all overachievers. The AFC has all these first-round guys on that side of the ball. Dak, Hurts, Cousins. Okay? All these guys, man, on the NFC side, man, are all like – Overachievers, Kino Smith. All overachievers. Will McDonald, Buffalo, edge rusher. Dalton Kincaid, Cincinnati, tight end. So they're going to have a tight end in the first round. And Higgins and Jamar Chase and Mixon in the backfield. Man, Cincinnati's going to be good. Number, th- wait. The defensive lineman from Pitt, Cansey, New Orleans, at 30, Eagles. Do you believe Brian Branch would be drafted at 30 by Philly? Or would you trade out of that down to 32? 33 out of the first and get him. He's going to go. Mazzie Smith, D-line, Kansas City. Kansas City needs to get young in the D-line. Would you take? I know, man. Dude, could you imagine putting that kid Branch in the secondary? I'd be pretty good with that. The Eagle Way, Washington State linebacker. Henley had 106 tackles. He had a late round guy. Check this guy out. I will. I'll check this guy out. Guys, you guys were great today. I love the fact we kind of went off the reservation a little bit. We had our guy Rick Barry on. I got to post that too, man. I'm going to send it to the Miami Hurricane basketball. With both of us doing to you, man. That was pretty awesome. Hey, thank you guys so much. You guys have been great. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tone. Thank you, uh, Xander. Thank you, Big Joe. Everybody involved with the show. We'll see you tomorrow going three to six. And we'll see you on the flip side.
2: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens, go for the gallery. Go for the win, go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
3: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messen Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.